BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Oh, are we live? Ron? Oh. Hell yeah. What is up, everyone? Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of Benzinga Live. It's your boy, producer A.B. Yo, let me know what everyone's watching today. I honestly, it's, it's hard to keep track, to, to divide my attention between what's going on in March Madness and in the markets. But really, uh, I mean, the markets might as well be having their own March Madness right now the way Everything is going. The S&P 500, guys, is on pace for its best week since 2020 in two years. Um, and there's nothing like price to change sentiment. I've seen, uh, you know, it seemed like a week ago, two weeks ago, you you took some polls, you went on, on Twitter. The majority of people were bearish, right, between the war in Ukraine, between inflation, between COVID rising in China. Everyone had all these reasons um, for why they were bearish, why the markets were going to go down. And now after a few green days, it, it's everyone's switched. Everyone's bullish again. So I, I mean, I'm still bullish personally. I do think there are some opportunities out there right now um, to, to have some shorts. For example, I think Facebook is a little overextended here. I do still agree with uh, Luke's thesis that long-term Facebook is very undervalued at this point. Uh, we'll probably continue to move higher, but uh, Facebook is up about 20% in the past week or so. Let me get that chart pulled up. I, I just wouldn't be surprised to see a, a 3 4 5% pullback from here. So I'm looking at some Facebook puts right now. Um, I, I had mentioned earlier, if you guys were watching All Access, held on to my Netflix calls, uh, which had another Netflix having another good day today. So let me go ahead and pull up my Benzinga Pro, take a look, and then drop some tickers in the chat. We'll take a look right now. Um, before Spencer comes on and, and he'll probably, I don't know, stop me or, or do something. But um, again, Netflix been top of my watch list. And here's why. We're going to go to the daily chart. I know Netflix had terrible earnings, uh, slowed user growth, stock. Oh, what, one of the things that was helping Netflix's stock yesterday was actually they came out and said like uh, more clarity on how they're going to crack down on people sharing uh, sharing accounts. MD, MD in the chat. I can't, couldn't agree more. People that are selling right now because of inflation, it makes no sense to me. Why would you want to go all cash when in a high in, in, in a high inflationary environment, you are guaranteed to lose money holding all cash? Whereas, at least if you're holding stocks, you have a chance to to outpace inflation, right? If I buy the S and P 500 and the S and P 500 goes up 12 percent, 
and inflation's 9%, I'm still up 3%. If I'm all cash and inflation goes up 9%, then I'm down 9%. So, uh, and, and there is history that shows in during inflationary environments, stocks can struggle, but there are also times where uh, stocks, the stock prices themselves inflate more than the actual dollar inflates. Um, but anyway, back to Netflix, you know, you can go back here in, in late January when we had that terrible earnings uh, report stock down 21% in one day. We got as low as, well, actually it looks like the low was down here, uh, uh, earlier this week really is that right uh low of around 330 on march 14th look guys this was a 690 dollars stock a few months ago now that's not the thesis you can't just say okay the stock was 700 bucks a few months ago it's 350 now it's undervalued i'm gonna buy it that works sometimes but no big tech is performing well right now Right, we went through some choppy waters. You can see right here, but the past week the queues have been absolutely ripping. You look at the other biggest names in, uh, you know, your other biggest Fang stocks. You look at Apple. You look at Microsoft. Here, let's do this. I'm going to pull up Netflix's chart, and we'll pull up these other charts as, uh, as comparisons. Um. Where's my where's my where's my button to do that? Oh, compare right here. MSFT. We'll do Microsoft. We'll do Apple. Let's just do all the Fang stocks except for, um, except for Facebook because, see, I I just don't think Netflix stays down. I mean, look, Netflix. You can see right here. It's it's a little small, but I'll try to zoom in. Down forty four percent. Um, whereas Microsoft in purple down 11%, Amazon in yellow down 4.5%, um, Apple down 7 about around 7%. So Apple, Microsoft, Amazon all down, we'll call it like the mean there is about down 8%. Meanwhile, Netflix is down 44%. Now, I, I don't think, look, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, those are kind of in their league of their own. Netflix is not the same company as those three. I am not saying that. Apple is far and away, uh, in my opinion, Apple and Amazon both, two of the strongest companies out there, if not the two strongest. And Microsoft is right up there. But my point being that in this environment, if we see money flowing back into tech, back into growth, Netflix is a no-brainer at least at least to go back up to around 450. So if you're if you're looking from um, where we're at right now, which is around uh, 375, we'll call it right 375, and you want to swing that to 450, you're looking right there at a 20 percent increase. That's good for a whole year. If you do 20 percent in a year, that's great. So I'm not I'm not trying to be greedy with this and say oh I want to I want to buy Netflix at 350 and watch it all the way you know getting a hundred percent return all the way up to 700 no but I'm down to swing it from 350 to 450 or sorry 375 to 450. Uh, Kyler I'm not sure I saw a headline yesterday I'll I'll pull it up about the the Netflix sharing accounts. Um, so I, I don't know I mean that will be tough for a lot of people to you know have to have to get kicked off of their ex-girlfriend's 
uh, Netflix account or their mom's, or in my case, I use Spencer's Netflix account. If Netflix truly does start cracking down on that, um, I'll be in trouble. I'm sure a lot of other people out there will be in trouble. But like, look, at the end of the day, a lot and Netflix keeps keeps rising their prices. So, uh, you know, what is it, twenty bucks a month now? I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I I trust that Netflix has um, the people that are smart enough to be crunching the numbers that are saying, okay, if we raise the prices two more dollars, uh, X amount of people are going to cancel their subscriptions, but we're going to make up more than that in the $2 raise that for the people that keep their accounts. They, that, they all take that into account. Um, now, with the, with the sharing thing, there's a, there are going to be a lot of people that get kicked off other people's Netflix accounts that are in the middle of a show or, you know, they're waiting for the next season of Ozark to come out, and they're going to want to go out and buy that, even though it's 20 bucks a month. At the end of the day, 20 bucks a month isn't that much. And it sounds like a lot when they raise the prices from 15 to 20 whatever. Um, yeah, here, I'll share, I'll share my uh, Robin Hood right here. So I have, oh boy, yeah, these. So I, I was talking about these Lockheed Martin puts yesterday. Hand up, that was a bad trade. All my other trades this week have been very strong. The Lockheed Martin one. Uh, not good, but I doubled down today. I got into some different Lockheed Martin puts because it's got to come down at some point, right? But yeah, these Netflix calls, I actually, um, you can see I'm up, I was up 200, I'm up 200% on them, but I had three contracts, I believe, and I sold two this morning. So I held on to one. They're 370 calls that expire today. So Netflix is at 374 right now, which means, uh, I have the, the right to, Basically, the intrinsic value now with the expiration date being today is that Netflix is $4 above the strike price, $370. So right there, the intrinsic value would be $400 for that contract, but it's worth $500 because they're saying between now and when market closes today, there's still a chance we move a couple more bucks up here. So say Netflix goes from $374 to $378, then that contract's worth $800. So I took profits. I, I, I put myself in a position where I can't lose money on the trade now. Um, but I'm just letting that one ride. I, I have some TQQ calls as well. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Netflix to me has been top of my radar. Sure looks like Spy Triple watching, buying the laggards. Not quite sure following that. Um, MD wants to look at DD. Pull up DD real quick. And, and yeah, so there, oh my God. Wait, Spencer, was it you that were saying that you were saying DD would be the one to swing? Yeah, you were talking about DD yesterday, right? Or the other day? Am I mistaken? Uh, I was talking about every every stock, every Chinese stock yesterday. I know, but did you see oh, DD's up 44% today? Over, one second. Yeah, I did. I did not know that. Um, so I did see earlier that that President Biden was meeting with Xi, uh, the yeah. president of, of China. So it, it's Lord knows what's going to happen there. No, I mean I think it's all good signs that we're we're willing to uh, we're willing to you know work with I don't know work with China and say like hey these, these asset or these uh, equities that we have listed over here, China wants them to be safe. We want them to be safe. Um, I don't know. I don't really agree with like the whole everything China says we like can't trust or there must be some devious thing behind it. 
I think a lot of countries would say the same thing about us. Um, oh, okay, Jay Rice, I see what you're saying. So, so the stocks that have been lagging, whether we're talking about uh, Roku, DocuSign, um, Asana, th- those have been up today. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing is, is not all tech or not all growth is created equal. Thomas Jefferson would like to believe that, but it's not true. <laughs> you can look at Asana down. Uh, I mean, I mean, what is this down from our highs? We we were at one forty down to forty. Someone out there, someone out there that's good at math, or at least that has a calculator on them. One forty down to forty is down like seventy percent. You can pair that um, to a stock like Nvidia, right? Nvidia is not down seventy percent. So all these growth tech names are having a good day to, today. The, the uh, we'll, we'll call them some Kathy Wood stocks, Roku, um, DocuSign. What else can we look at? Teladoc up three and a half percent. Wait, is this really the S and P 500's best week since the COVID madness in March 2020 or April 2020? Uh, not then. I don't think. I think it's the oh. best week since at some point in 2020, maybe oh. October 2020. Okay. Right, I, I actually was surprised by that, too. It's pretty crazy. Uh, because re- the SPY this that. week is really only up 5%. What? No. No. Really? No, it's not. S- it's got to be up more than that. It feels like it's more than that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, well, here, I got, the, I got the article that I pulled this from. All right. Article. U.S. equities were mixed on Friday following a three-day rally for the S&P 500 that put an equity benchmark on pace for its biggest weekly gain in more than a year. The Dow Industrials average, blah, blah, blah. Stocks are coming off a three-day surge that set the S&P 500 up for its best week since November 2020, I call it. November 2020. The broad market index is up more than 4% for the week, while the tech-heavy NASDAQ composite has advanced more than 5% this week and is headed for its best week since February 2021. So more than a year uh, for NASDAQ's best week as and, well. And a year and a half for the S&P. <laughs> and meanwhile, remember a week ago how bearish everyone was? I Let's not forget that. And I don't, I'm not. I don't, know, I'm not, you're a perma bear. We get it. No, I, I'm not a perma bear. Um, but I will echo what Anne-Marie Band said on pre-market prep this morning. What has actually changed? Has inflation gone down? Has the war ended? Has the Fed uh, indicated they're going to stop raising rates? No, no, and no. Those were the exact same problems that were being cited as why we were trading down, and nothing has changed. So if the, if, if it's true, I, I would say if it's true. Okay, I would are, say there's less uncertainty than there was maybe two weeks ago. About what though? I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, okay, let's say I would have put the odds higher of like us becoming more directly involved in the conflict in Ukraine higher two weeks ago. Like we've come out repeatedly and said like, no, we're not going to help establish a no-fly zone or whatever it is. So I think the markets are understanding now. Okay, maybe there's le- less likely of a chance that we, the United States, and other, um, you know major powers around the world get involved in this, and instead it's just a just an invasion. Just a, a casual run, yeah. run-of-the-mill invasion. Just a casual run-of-the-mill invasion. And those invasions have been happening for thousands and thousands of years. Uh, and until human nature changes, I don't know if that will change. Um, the rate hikes, we got more some more clarity from, from JP there. Not really. Not really. No, we didn't. Not we, really. 
We didn't because now, like as of today, like that, you know how like Fed governors all have their like quiet periods, right? They're not they're not allowed to to make public statements. Well, that quiet period is over today because you had um, I don't remember who it was anymore on uh, from the Fed on CNBC this morning making comments. We know Bullard is going to come out and say we need to raise rates to ten percent yesterday, um, and they're all going to go out to all the economic clubs and all the cable news networks, and they're all going to say what they're going to say. It's going to create a bunch of chatter because they all disagree on how far the Fed has to go and how long it'll take to get there. Right. I, and I will say though, on your inflation point. I did see this week the first kind of positive headline in terms of inflation that I've seen in like a year. Is this is this a personal experience that you had? What do you mean? Like, is this someone that you said you saw it in the wild? No, I said the first headline. Oh, first okay. What, what, headline. What, what's the headline? The uh, earlier this week we got the um, what's it called? PPI. PPI. PPI came in lower than expected. The first time an inflation number in like a year has came in lower than expected. So the PPI is your producer price index. So the CPI tracks how much consumers we pay for goods at stores. The PPI tracks how much uh, the costs are going into those goods and services. And uh, the PPI was expected to rise 0.9% in the month of February. And it actually raised 0.8%. So I think there are investors out there that saw this and said, hey, maybe this is like our first indication, first clue. And it's not to like, look, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, my God, this 0.1% that we came in under on one metric means that much. But could it be construed as a sign that um, things are alleviating a little bit in, in the inflation uh, space? Sure. Maybe. And uh, Riff Raff in the chat saying no news means stock goes up. That's what I was talking about yesterday. Like we were we were so accustomed to such a fast news cycle that we were like expecting to get updates from the war all the time and like seeing peace talks, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. And like there's a chance we just like don't get many updates and the, you know, the invasion just kind of like drags on. That, that, yeah, that's that's what's happening. That's already every day. Joel right? And I don't think that's really bare. Like, I don't think. Like I, th Dude. I, I think what's bearish I, is I, any, I, I, think what's, I think what's bearish is any like big new developments. Every day Joel asks me for a war update. <laughs> and like I was able to give him one for the first week, right? Because every day there was new shit there was new shit. There was uh talks happening or not happening, new cities being uh invaded. But now I, I have got I've got nothing for him. Because every day it's the same drumbeat. And there's nothing new happening. Is no news good news? I don't agree that no news is good news at all, especially when that when when it's just a steady drumbeat of uh, continued invasion, continued bombings. That's not good at all. Um, so I I don't know why we are. Higher. Oh, shout out Kyler. The New York Manufacturing Index was way with a lot of whys there, lower than expected too. See, it, I'm saying. I, it, it, I'm not going to make any bold predictions, but if we do start seeing inflation coming down from here, you heard it here first. I, I'm torn because I am befuddled and I am confused. At So I'm, I'm trying to square a few different circles here. I'm trying to square the circle that there's all these bearish, what I perceive to be bearish catalysts out there. Um, and I, 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 and I know because we've talked about this that stock that when markets are in downtrends, those downtrends are interrupted 
by periodic rips higher. Like like the if you go back and look at the Nasdaq during the dot com crash, there were a couple of times there where the Nasdaq ripped 30, 40% in your face, right? But and then resumed its downtrend. I know this. And yet when you're in the moment, it's hard not to succumb to the buying pressure. I mean, look at this. This is the spy. We are back to where we were uh, almost three weeks ago, March 3rd. The close on March 3rd was, 4 th- was 435 in the SPY. We're at 440 right now. It's hard to ignore that. It really is. Um, let's go to a weekly. That's, that's, yeah, that's a little bit better. I mean... Yeah, and I hear you. I so I'm still bearish, but I'm I'm remember with, uh, struggling here. The, the that data we pulled up a few weeks ago that showed the um, after like a, a an invasion how the markets had performed. Yeah, I yeah 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 yeah. Markets go higher. That was the takeaway. Yeah. Right? Um, and but we were saying at the time like this can't be the bottom. Like like we we finally got this the invasion that the news has been talking about. And then the stock like literally that day, I'm pretty sure the S and P 500 was up like two percent, and we were all like this can't be the bottom. I just I am I okay. I have two different strategies mindsets right now. I have my trading and I have my investing. Investing long long and strong all day, baby. But like I said, I, I think there are some opportunities out there right now for trades that could be setting up for a tiny little, tiny little short. Luke Jacoby, what do you want, man? He's he's always he's wearing his Benzinga Christmas sweater. Look at the Benzinga Christmas sweater. Hot stocks, Luke. Shout out Alyssa Cole. If you're out there, Alyssa. What, what, what? Don't use my microphone. All I wanted to say is, I know you're saying long and strong. Nothing wrong with being long and strong. But hit the puts too. I, Okay, what I was saying, the leaps, baby. Smack that Rivian when it gets way up there. What I was saying was, for trading-wise, there are some stocks that I think are setting up for a short-term, sh- short trades. Long-term investing, I'm still long here, Luke. I'm not worried about, like, a big stock market crash. You know, you go on Twitter, you hear all these people calling doom and gloom. You know, Peter Schiff is saying that uh, Zelensky sh- should wear a suit, and he's also saying the dollar is going to crash and the S&P 500 is going to crash. I don't okay. buy it. I don't okay. buy it. Yeah. All right, the the dollar is not crashing. What 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 my, invest- my, my dollar is? What what investable uh, currencies do you have, dude? Are you gonna hold rubles? No, no, you're not holding rubles. Are you gonna 20, hold twenty percent? Twenty percent interest. Are, are, are you gonna hold the euros? No, no way. US okay, let's twenty percent interest on the ruble. How where, where do you go wrong? Yeah, okay, how can you go wait, wrong with that? Hold on, the ruble is only down twenty percent since the invasion began. So 20% crash. It's only down 20%. 20% How is that not the craziest short? You short with options on the futures. I think the I'm looking at that one right now. That can't be right. No, pull it up. I don't know how. Go go on Google. Search ruble price. That's what I would do. There's no way the ruble is only down 20. Shelly, are you here? Shelly, is that true? I'm sharing my... Wait, I got it. One second. I Literally go on Google. Search ruble price, please. For the love of God, no! You're doing the wrong thing. I give me a second, Luke. Is this better than uh? No. It's a race. Trade oh my God! I just want you to search Google price right. in Google, Google please. Here, I got it. And right, there you go. Alright, I'm gonna share my screen. Twenty-eight percent. Right. Told you. But at one point it was down. At one point it was down what? No, it's down more than that. It's down more than look, that. Look, look. This is the ruble against the dollar on the screen. 
Right there. Right, so, but Luke, speaking of puts, so that's what I'm saying. So, so puts on the ruble. Luke, Futures. you're not, you're not gonna, yeah. you're not gonna, yeah. Luke, you're not gonna like this. But here's my, here's my short term short trade. We got Facebook up 13 percent this past week, getting a little overextended. I still like what about Luke. Kodak? I still like. Oh, Kodak's up 25 percent today, but I like Kodak Black too much to short Kodak. Yeah. Um, short Kodak. No, I'm long Kodak Black. Short Kodak the stock, but. Uh, Luke, I'm still in your thesis. Facebook long, it's undervalued 100%, but I think it's getting a little overextended here. So I'm buying some short-dated Facebook meta platform puts. Uh, so that way, you know, if we get that drawdown, 3 4%. Wait, can we address the fact that Luke's wearing a Christmas sweater and it's 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 60 degrees outside? Dude, it's like hot in here. I'm going to turn my, this fan on. It's 60 degrees also, outside. Since we never rolled the intro. And uh, Feehan's going to get really mad at me because he worked really hard on that. All right. This is Ben Zinga Live. Spencer Israel and producer AB. What's up, everybody? How are we doing? Someone told me buy high, sell higher. Let's get Matt Hammond on the show. Talk some IPOs. Jake Wojcik from Trend Spider. We have a breaking news. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Ben Zinga Live. I'm just gonna, you know, you guys don't need that shit. You guys don't need that shit. But seriously, why is he wearing a sweater? In, in, I think in, he's confused. Is he might be? He might have um, see what like seasonal personality disorder. I uh, maybe that's a thing, right? I, I didn't just make. Spencer, that can up. I talk about my parlay that I hit yesterday? Yeah, you want to talk uh, basketball for a second? Yeah, right. baby. You, 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 you want me to share my? my yeah, um, baby. So I have like five brackets, but I have one that's serious because real I've got real money um, potentially up for grabs. What so, do you mean? I'm in a pool with my one of my old college roommates. Okay, that he has been he's been running this pool for uh, I think a, a decade, maybe more. No, more than a decade now. It's like him and his brothers do it. Um, and how many people are in this pool? Let's see if I can find out how many people are in this pool right now. Um, there are how many entry? How many entries are there in this pool? Holy crap! Um, there's more than a thousand. There are so what? It's twenty bucks a bracket. There's it's twenty five bucks a bracket, and there's eleven hundred eighty entries in this pool. So do the math as to what's at stake there. So this is like my series. It's a really twelve hundred entries. It's a big pool. Um, so that's like the serious bracket that I'm in. I'll pull up that bracket right now, and you can see. Um, I am one of many people that had Kentucky not losing in the first round. So, uh, fortunately, I changed my mind at the last second. I did originally have Kentucky winning it all wow. in, the, in this bracket, and I changed it to Gonzaga uh, yesterday morning. But I had Kentucky in the Final Four, so that is not great for me. I also picked against Michigan. That backfired. And I've picked Indiana to beat St. Mary's, which was also wrong. Other than those three games, though, I had – a pretty good day yesterday. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. One of my final four out on day one. I have a, here, I'll share my screen real quick. I have a few different brackets. Uh, one of them 
in which I had Kentucky winning them all, but luckily I didn't enter that one in anything. You can see I'm not in any groups or anything on this one. Uh, but look at this one, Spencer. 99th percentile. Hey, can right you show now. your screen? Oh, you did. Sorry. Uh, on ESPN. Although this is one that I had Kentucky losing in the championship, so the max Ouch. points I can get uh, took a big hit. But uh, yeah, I mean, not a bad day yesterday. So I, I had a parlay yesterday. It was a three-team parlay. Yeah, and this was the parlay that you asked me whether you yeah, should. I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm going to get to that. Okay, so. Okay. So the first two legs of the parlay, let me pull it up so I don't butcher anything. Um, the first two legs of the parlay were was mem- or Michigan minus one and a half, which didn't look good for a lot of the game. So Michigan minus one and a half means they need to win by two points or more. Michigan was losing for, for a, a, a while to Colorado State. Ended up pulling away at the end, 175 to 63. Um, so that hit. Memphis minus three against Boise State. There was never a doubt. Memphis covered easily, won by 11 points. So those were the first two legs of the parlay. It's a three-team parlay. The third game hadn't started yet, and it was New Mexico State money line over UConn. Um, And I was asking Spencer, so it was a $100 parlay to win $1,200. DraftKings was giving me an option to cash out for like 500 bucks to say I don't even need to sweat the third game. I can just take the 500 bucks and run. A second option would have been hedging, a.k.a. betting on UConn against New Mexico State. So that way, if I lost that last leg, I still could recoup some losses betting on UConn. Um, but I talked to Spencer about it, and Spencer gave me some great advice. He, I did, did I? He said, let it ride. Or, or, it's a, it's, well, my original advice was, was, was take the money and run. But then, but I then cl- you thought about I, it, I and quickly, you, were like, you were like, it's a bet. Like, we don't bet to... To, to take money back. We bet to win. You bet to win. So I let it ride. New Mexico State. I, Spencer, I was sitting right here watching the game. I was here till like 9.30 watching the game. because I, I was, So I was playing basketball uh, in the gym here, and then I came back, and the game was on. And the game was close, and if New Mexico State won, I won like $1,000. So I was like watching the game. So I was right here on this couch watching it. Um, and, dude. So Mexico, New Mexico State was up ten points at halftime, and I, I, I was also watching the end of this game. The refs yes. were insane. They were giving UConn every single call at one point, like five minutes into the second half. New Mexico State had seven teams fouls, and UConn had two. It was like actually incredible. So I went to Twitter and did like the thing where I searched like UConn refs, and everyone was tweeting. Well, I, I took a screenshot. Let me just read some of these tweets. Okay, um, I'm here for it. Uh, Kyle on Twitter said, refs trying to whistle UConn into some free throws. CJ said, these refs doing their best to keep UConn in the game. Bizzo said, the refs are literally begging UConn to win this game. Charlie said, refs determined to get UConn back in this game. Okay. Bottom line, the refs had no chance because New Mexico State was hot as hell. They were hitting threes. Former Mizzou player Mario McKinney Jr. was playing well. And New Mexico State squeaked it out at the end. Won $1,200. But that's not all, Spencer. You know what I did with some of that money? He bought more Baba calls. No, I wish. Oh, okay. I live bet Creighton while they were down like six points. Creighton ended oh, up coming shit. back you, and wait. winning in overtime. You had a really good night. I had a, I've had a really good week between the Baba calls, between the the, the betting, the Holy parlay. Um, damn, wait, what are you up this week? I don't know. I don't. A couple grand? <laughs> yeah, at least. <laughs> You're having a really good week, man. Um, wow. But okay, so today, yeah, I got a new parlay going today. Oh God. All right, wait, hold on, hold on. I did not participate in any sports bets yesterday. Let me 
Let's hop into the oh, first off. Uh oh. Uh oh, Todd. First off, which first of all, first off, Todd, what happened to Indiana yesterday? Okay, I was watching that game. I was watching all the games. They didn't score for like the first five minutes of the first half. Second half. I'm sorry. Second half. What, what what happened there? They scored eight points in the first like eleven minutes of half two. Ridiculous. I I, I had Indiana winning. They screwed me. Okay. Second thing. Let's make some bets here live on the show. But first, which sports book do I patronize? Do I patronize DraftKings? Do I go FanDuel or do I go MGM? Or do I go all three? Who's giving the best deals? I don't know. I I don't know. I literally only have DraftKings, and that's just because I'm, like, lazy and don't make any accounts other places. But here, I'll read you some of the promos we have right now. Uh, More legs, bigger boost. Earn an increased profit boost for each CBB, which is college basketball, parlay leg added. Okay. So so we wanted to make a little parlay on DraftKings. We, we, you, you know, we could do that. Okay, so we can do that right now. So, all right. I'm, I'm, um, Todd, I will say in the, in, the, in, the, in the parlay I made today, Ohio State, I have Ohio State winning as the first leg. I just, you just can't bet against Aaron Kraft in March. I just remember that. I was like, wait a minute. Why is my DraftKings balance at 90 cents? Oh, yeah. Played I lost it all playing blackjack. Yeah. I did that too last <laughs> night. I played Shit. some blackjack on there. All right. Wait. I, I need to add more funds. I need to add more funds. Let's go uh, $100. Let's go from my bank. Let's see what 100 bucks. how, how far I can... I, I, I can uh, Dude, you know what also was crazy? Live betting yesterday. St. Mary, or not St. Mary's. Who was it? St. Peter's that beat Kentucky? St. Peter's. Jersey City strong. St. Peter's. Never bet against New Jersey. Let that be known to all of you. Dude, all all of you. What about Rutgers? Didn't they lose? They they didn't play yet. Well, they played the other day. They lost. Yeah, they lost. They're out of the tournament. Yeah, they're out of the tournament. (laughs) But no, aside aside from that, aside from Rutgers. Never bet against New Jersey. Is Rutgers like the state school of New Jersey? Yes. It's Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey. Oh, really? Yes. Never bet against a New Jersey university in the field of 64. Let <laughs> yeah. it be known. Christian saying the same thing. Didn't Rutgers lose? Um, so St. Peter's was tied with Kentucky at halftime. Yeah. And they were still like plus 750 to win the game. Do you know how disrespectful that Dude, is? Dude, that's low odds to me. It should have been more. Like plus 12 at halftime <laughs> when they were tied, though? I mean, you looked at like Gonzaga was like tied at halftime to the to the 16 seed they were playing. Who I forget? Oh, Georgia State. Uh, Georgia State and Gonzaga were tied at halftime, and Gonzaga was still like minus 700, and they came back and Gonzaga came back and covered the original spread of like 22 points, which is incredible. I'm not big on Gonzaga this year. I think the majority of people who made brackets have Gonzaga winning. It's true. They were the number one overall seed. I just don't fool me once. Shame on me. Shame on you. Fool me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, you're Gonzaga. I've been fooled too many times by Gonzaga all right, before. All right, all right, that's fair. That's fair. I've, I've, I think I've had them winning in like three tournaments going past the past seven years, and they've never... Well, they went to the championship last year. They did? And lost to Baylor. They got, they got ran out of the gym last year. Um, UCLA played a really... Close game with uh, yeah. Akron so so night. that game that was the late game. I did not watch the la- the later games. So I only know that UCLA was close. And what was the other late game again? It was um. Wait, Brian Gonzaga. Are you talking about that tall, skinny kid? 
tall, skinny kid. Dude, you, this dude is literally like so skinny. I'll show you. I know. He has a name. He was the highest recruited. He was the number one recruit. Chet Holmgren. I know, but like, do you? I, I guarantee you, these coaches have. And I, I I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like Arnold Schwarzenegger over here or anything. But like, I'm sure all these coaches. He's really good though. He's amazing. He's amazing, and I'm sure a lot of his coaches have like tried to get here. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do Chet Holmgren skinny Google search. Like, look at it. Look at his arms. I Which didn't. people were saying the same thing about, like, Kevin Durant and Giannis. Giannis was kind of built like this when he was really young. But, like, when you're watching him play, he literally looks like Slenderman, like, running around the, the court. His <laughs> legs are, like, skinny and just longer than everyone. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I mean, I I think his talent, like, anytime you have a, a seven-foot guy who can dribble, who can shoot. I mean, look at this. He, I, I know. He, uh, I know. He's skinny. He, okay. He's worth the he's worth the pick. I'm not saying he shouldn't be the number one overall pick. You got Jabari Smith up there too. You've got he, uh, he's probably eating ten thousand calories a day. Okay, you think I'm saying that? That's what I'm saying. I was like, how are his coaches not like? They're I'm pro- sure they're they doing are everything they can to I'm get him sh- to gain weight. I, I'm sure they are. Um, but yeah, like I said, like, there's an old clip of uh, there's an old clip of Colin Coward. Basically ripping on Kevin Durant, saying Kevin Durant is the only player who couldn't bench one eighty five. Yeah, you're telling me Kevin Durant can play in the NBA? He can't bench one eighty five, and it's a really funny clip to look back on and listen now because obviously uh, Kevin Durant can play in the NBA and actually at a pretty high level. But yeah, he's, pretty um, good. he's pretty good at basketball. He is pretty good at basketball. Oh, did you see Sadiq Bay last night? No, he scored fifty one points. Really? Damn. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're way off the rails here. Uh, yeah, if you, if that's you, all right. If you guys ha- are uh, are here for market coverage, we will be getting back to uh, back to stocks, At some back point. to crypto. Wait, can, can, but we're on wait, basketball right wait. now. Wait, uh, I saw Tim Kawas on the calendar today. Did you reach out to Tim? No. Okay. Also, Mark Moran cannot make it at one thirty. Can he make it at all? No. Oh shit! So we have one guest today. Well, we also have a, a pre-recorded interview. We do. I don't know. I saw it on the calendar. Oh, maybe no, that- no, that's not you and me, man. Oh. That's... <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> All right, here's what we got. We do have a guest, th- thankfully. How are we going to fill the next two hours with, no- with one guest is beyond me, but we have a, uh, a 1 o'clock guest. Trivia. Yeah, so we have Wes, Wes uh, Fulford at uh, 1 o'clock. He's the CEO of uh, Verity Funds, uh, and he they it's an ETF that invests in crypto miners. We're going to talk to him. We're going to have trivia. After Wes, probably at like one thirty, we'll do trivia. We have um, the theme today is going to be Greek mythology. No, wait, no, no, we changed it. No, the theme today is science and math. Why not college basketball? Because I would have had to make the questions myself, Fair. and I wanted to play. So the theme today for trivia is is science and math. Oh, you know, you know, you're going to see how bad I am at science. You know, yesterday was actually a really good day for Mizzou basketball. No, no, I didn't didn't know that. You know why? Why why, why can't it? It's not letting me um, send money to to my. Mizzou basketball, by the way, we're in a very, uh, we have three players and no coach right now. Oh, that's not good. I don't know. I mean, who needs. DraftKings is not letting me send money from my bank to my DraftKings account, or my bank's not letting me do it. Really? Yeah, this is. No, I have to go to my bank account and do something now. I have to enable some transfer. This is very confusing. Um, 
All right. This is bizarre. Damn it. That's the third time that's happened. All right. I'm going to figure this out because I, I, I want to play some bets during the show if I can. Um, but I'm running out of time. When's the first game in 15 minutes from now? I don't know. Let's see what the first game is today. But uh, the reason I was saying yesterday was a good day for Mizzou basketball is because, uh, you know, when people think of 15 seeds beating two seeds. They think of Mizzou losing. To Norfolk State. Now people will think of St. Peter's beating Kentucky. It's the 10th time it's happened, you know. Really? 15 beat a Who, two. Can you name some other ones? Yeah, Duke, Duke lost oh, to, to Lehigh. Lehigh. Okay. Uh, I think Mercer was a 15 to beat a two. Um, but 16 to one's only happened once. Yeah. Virginia. Yeah. To who? UMBC. UMBC. Yep. We've got uh, Ohio State starting Loyola Chicago here at 12:15. Is uh Sister Jean still alive? I don't know. Chat, help us out. Is Sister Is Sister Jean still alive? Cause see, here's the thing. I almost think if she had passed away, I'd be more bullish Loyola. Like they're playing for Sister. No, she's alive. She's kicking it. 102 years old. Wait, can I say that Benzinga, someone at Benzinga, who works, someone who works here now, uh, went to school at Loyola Chicago, who used to work at Benzinga or does no? Now? She works here now. Who is it? She used to. She went to school at Loyola Chicago. She she only graduated, uh, I think, a, like two years ago. Okay. So she was there when they went to the Final Four or whatever. Did they go? They went to the Final and Four. And she she yeah. And she said, that Sister Jean was not nice. Oh, I don't think any nuns are nice. I'm just saying. Is she a nun? I don't know. Um, I'm just saying. I've heard that about Mother Teresa, too. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've heard Mother Teresa was like a mean person. Um, uh, oh, she's traveling with it. She's 102. She's traveling with the team. Okay, I screwed up. I, I bet on Ohio State. Oh, man, I forgot, about, I forgot about the Sister Jean effect. Yeah. Wait, what if we just play... The game, no, 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 no audio, and give our own commentary over it. Um, it allowed. Shit, I don't know, guys. Can we do that? Can we stream the game? I thought and we, comment over. I thought we've been. Through I don't this, think that we if can. We, if we I put in our own can. audio, we're changing the. I don't think we can. Okay, deposit confirmed. Thank the lordy. Third took me four times to do that. All right, deposit confirmed. Now I have money back in DraftKings. Let's go to work here. Let's play some bets. Well, I never even got to say what my parlay is today. Okay, so finish the what's the parlay? All right, my parlay for today. And I'm betting uh, less on it than I did yesterday because it's a little bit lower conviction. All right, so you got Ohio State money line. It's minus 110. I've got Miami, Florida, University of Miami upset over USC plus 115. I think USC, I think the Pac-12 is just so overrated this year i don't think arizona's any good i don't think i actually do think ucla is decent but i don't think usc is any good i got chattanooga money line against illinois we talked about uh de sosa jr or sosa Sil- sylvia de sosa yeah, yeah sylvia yeah, de sosa yeah, uh big big time former ku player big name player ran into some trouble at ku transferred to chattanooga illinois is shaky kofi coburn's really good but outside of that they're shaky so if de sosa plays out of his mind uh, they will have a chance to win that game. And then I've got Iowa State upset over LSU, which LSU just lost their coach. Um, I think like the the Pac-12, the SEC is kind of overrated this year. Uh, Kentucky, James. We just saw Kentucky lose. James is asking a fair question. Because it's Christmas in my world right now and Aaron's world too. These are the two best sports days of the year. That's why. 
You're hearing yeah, James, I'm sorry. We will get back to stocks and crypto at one point, but I do not blame you um, if you don't want to hear us. It's the, it, it's the two days of the year. We got to talk about basketball. Yeah. We got to do it. But, the, but I also have some stock thoughts. I have some thoughts on things. All right. Um, so that was that's the final parlay. It's wait here. Let me try this. Wait. Can can I make a bet before the game start? Can can can, yeah, can you help you got, me here? You got fifteen minutes. Here, wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna show what what happens if I do this. Oh, that whoa. Okay. So it's forty bucks. But can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. Oh, really? We well, you're still talking into your mic, aren't you? Forty bucks to win. What does it say? Forty bucks to win sixteen hundred. Ohio State ML, Florida ML, Chattanooga ML, Iowa State ML. Lots of money lines. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wait. Let's let, let's get a feel. So for the first the first game is Ohio State Loyola Chicago. Okay. So let's do this, dude. It keeps asking me if I want to play blackjack. You want to say yes? No. <laughs> because if we start playing blackjack, and we'll have no money to bet on the sports. Yeah. <laughs> David Lynn. No. Don't feel. Here's what we'll do. We'll we'll just transition seamlessly back and forth from stocks. Uh, to basketball. So while Spencer's looking at his first things, yes, yeah, I am still in Baba. Let me go ahead and share my screen, my Robinhood account. I am as transparent of a guy you will find on YouTube. I'll let you guys know all my positions. I'll let you know when I enter and when I leave them up. Wow, last time I checked, you know, having a good day today, up almost a grand. Um, oh wait, actually, I did sell my Baba call today. Let me pull up Baba and we can look at my history here. But, ooh, oh, wow. Robinhood was showing me a bad chart for a second. So um, I sold this $100 call that expires today for $520. Bucks. Now it would be worth about $800. So wish I would have held that on. But, David Lynn, to answer your question, I do... I did buy some shares of Baba in my long-term account when it was uh, about 120 bucks a share, so I'm still underwater by a few bucks in that Baba position, but I'm holding strong. Let's see what else is helping my portfolio right now. Um, oh, wow. Lockheed Martin coming back from the dead. This thing, Lockheed Martin at one point was up 2% today. My puts were like dead. Now it's down a percent. Um, uh, so I bought some more Lockheed puts that are are doing okay right now still down on the position overall but recouping some losses there netflix doing well and my tqq calls again guys i'm still overall bullish right now i mentioned those facebook puts have not gotten into them yet i'm kind of i kind of want to wait and see because for some reason today just feels like one of those days where like everything um could rip so i don't know i have no clue what i'm talking about like i have no clue what the market's gonna do it just like you know, sometimes you have that gut feeling. Uh, which, Spencer, do you remember the days when, like, in May of 2020, like, after COVID, when the markets were crazy? I feel like Friday afternoon rallies were, like, a weekly thing. Mm, I don't know if I remember that specifically. That helped me out in the chat. Maybe that was, like, a feat. Maybe it was, like, one day that I'm thinking of. But I feel like uh, I remember specific times at, like, 3 p.m., eastern on a friday like the last hour of trading for the week like spy would jump like another percent kyler your hope i'm right on what on on baba coming up on what i hope i'm right too because i'll i have I, I have skin in the game one of my biggest pet peeves is people like spencer that come in and they're super bearish and it's like all right dude you're bearish i get it then go buy some puts oh yeah i hope we're 
Okay, I'm saying I was I was right, Friday's rally. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have the data to back it up. It's just what I remember from that time. Sometimes our memories play tricks on us though, so Spencer, you seen any games you like? Well, I'm I'm kind of like, should I just take the money line in all of them? And should I just like take the favorite in all? I feel like that. No, it's March. No, you get yeah. you get screwed if you take the favorite and everything. All right. Uh, Tesla. I'm looking at Tesla right now, up three percent. I man, this is not a stock I'd be buying up here right now. And by the way, just to be clear, I am a Tesla shareholder. I'm I'm still like long term, long the stock, but. Uh, if we do get that kind of correction pullback in tech, in growth, Tesla's one that easily gets hit. So that's it today. These are my positions right now. Um, if anyone's got any any ideas, let me know. I'm actually, honestly, yeah, Jay Rice, uh, Vix. So we we pulled this up. Um, I actually wrote an article about this. Let me let me pull that article up. Singa. Oh wow, Yankee sports news. I've, I I kind of want to see how far betting, betting the favor will just get me. You know what I mean? So I think we talked about this on the show, but I. Ah uh... oh, crap! I wrote an article about it too, uh, just talking about the relationship between the VIX right now and what's going on in the markets. Whoa! Let's give this sec a, a thing a second to load. So we pulled this chart up, and this is coming from Ryan Dietrich over at LPL that any time in the past uh, 25 years, we've had the VIX above 30 for a sustained period of time. So we'll say that uh, for about 10 days, that once the VIX drops below 30, your return from that period was positive 11 out of 12 times. So it's more than 91% here. You can see here over the next 12 months. So uh, March, March 14th, the VIX had been above 30 for 11 straight days. And now that it's dipped below 30 and it's staying there, I see that as a very bullish sign. And you can just see history is right here. I mean, look at 2001. The next 12 months, it was down 18%. This isn't saying, oh, 100 times out of 100, if the VIX is high and uncertainty is high for a couple of weeks and then it drops, the markets are going to do well. No, nothing's 100%. But history tends to rhyme or tends to repeat itself. So I'm always willing to bet. Um, when I have the data at my back, which it looks like we All do right. have here with so, with, uh, with with Bix. Wait, Spencer, real quick. Yeah, yeah, Thirty yeah. seconds before yeah, you yeah. go into your betting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael's asking us to explain a put. So I'm gonna I'm gonna explain this really simply. Uh, I, I Aaron's gonna put this simply for you. Oh, all right. Yeah. That was a bad pun. Um, no, it wasn't. We. So this is gonna be very like rudimentary. Um, simple and options are not simple. So if you're looking to learn more about options, well, I'd recommend the Benzinga Options Trading School. But you go, and then I, I'm very good at explaining. I'm very good at explaining options to a five year old. So you, all right, no, then you so, want to take it? Okay, sure. So when you hear the word con- option, think of a contract in your head. Like like five year olds don't know what contracts are. Oh my god! Right, I'm kidding. Yes, they go do. Ahead. Think really? of a like if it helps you to visualize a written contract, visualize a written contract in your head. That's what an option is. Okay, it's a contract, and that contract gives you the right, or it gives you the obligation. Uh, one one or the other. You either have the right or the obligation, depending on what kind of option you have. The right or the obligation 
to buy or sell a something, a stock um, or any other underlying asset at some point in the future, right? So a put option, there are two types of options. There's calls and there's puts. A put option, if you buy a put, it gives you – oh, this is where I – All I'm, right, I'm here. I'll, I'll take over. I'll it, take over. Go ahead. All the right, obligation. So, so if, if you buy a put contract, yeah. it gives you the right. You're only obligated if you're if you're selling contracts. Thank you. Buyers you, that's buyers have the right. Sellers have an obligation. Sellers have the if obligation. If you buy a put contract, you are buying the right to sell a uh, an asset at a predetermined price. So say a stock is trading at $100 right now, and I buy $90 puts – I'm buying the right to sell, right? Yeah, sell yes. that con, sell that asset at ninety dollars. So, you buy a put in anticipation of a stock going down. So, if that stock again, it's at a hundred dollars. I have ninety dollar puts. If that stock goes to below to below ninety, say it goes to eighty, now I get to sell a stock. Say it's Apple for ninety dollars, even though it's really worth eighty. And you profit the difference. Yeah, and you have a hundred. Each each contract is for a hundred uh, units of the underlying asset. So in this case, if a uh, stock is ten dollars below your strike price, just look at just, yeah. That's the easiest way to explain. Okay, it. but 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 this is a little more advanced. If yeah. the stock is ten below the ten dollars below your strike price, that means you have the right to sell a hundred of those for ten dollars more I, than they're worth. I'm confused. I'm confused. If you buy a put, you're betting on the stock to go down. If you sell a put. They're betting on the stock to go up. Finn. Okay. I will say, though, if you're new to options, I would not sell options at all. Just buy puts and calls, like cheap ones, and you'll get the hang of it really quickly. <laughs> that, too. Also, you should know that most most options expire worthless. Yeah, and it's a very risky game. So, But, uh, yeah, if you yeah, buying calls, you're betting on a stock to go up. Buying puts, you're betting on a stock to go down. Crap. And it's really not any more... Nothing other than betting. You, you Unless hear, you're, you're using like advanced option strategies. Michael, do you does that make sense? If you hear the word option, think of that contract. That contract in your head. And that contract has an expiration date. And that contract tells you you have the right or the obligation to buy or sell a stock at a certain point, at a certain price, at a certain point down the road. Think about it. Um, oh, oh, wait. Uh, I need to talk about my, my... Oh, yeah, you get three minutes. My parlay. Go ahead. So I, I didn't put a lot of thought into this. I, I just... Threw together a random ass seventeen parlay, where I picked the, I just picked picked the money line in all of them. I picked uh, every favorite except for, I bet on Loyola, and I bet on Miami and Notre Dame. But I then I also bet oh nope sorry I bet on Delaware over Villanova. Why? Because I just felt like it. So that's the parlay, seventeen parlay Loyola money line Auburn money line. Texas Tech money line, Purdue money line, Delaware money line, Miami money line, and Notre Dame money line. That's the that's the bet. Do you have any thoughts? No. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'm 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 trying to see if I have any other last minute plays. I want to lock in real quick. Uh, the last thing, Michael, I'll say on the uh, on the options front. Wait, yeah, I really just wanted to see the wheels fall off during the show. Oh, okay. Dude, the, the wheels were never on this show, man. For the, for the wheels to fall off, they have to be on. We never had wheels. The last thing I'll say is that I feel like there's a misconception among new options traders that with that, say you're in the money, that you're, like, not obligated because we just said that you have the right, 
but that you would typically like exercise that contract and buy the underlying assets, and then sell them for more than they're worth or buy them for, for less than they're worth in a, in a call case? No, I've never in my life exercised an options contract. I just sell the contracts because the contracts themselves have a value. That's what you pay the premium to own that contract. Uh, and if this, this, the stock moves in your direction, that premium, the value of that contract goes up. So I simply just sell the contracts for more than they're worth, which I imagine that's what most options traders do. I don't know how often people are actually exercising contracts unless it's like in an asset that you like if I had long term Tesla calls and Tesla's way above the price, maybe I would want to buy the 100 shares of Tesla and keep them in my portfolio. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Kindred Duke. I don't know. I well, no. Spencer didn't take all faves. He took a, he took Delaware. Over. No, I, I took I took um, Delaware. Mostly faves. I took Delaware. I took um, Notre Dame. They're not they're not a favorite. Uh oh, the line's moving in Loyola's direction, which is a good sign for Loyola. Uh, Christian Gallagher, the brokerage will auto exercise if you are the buyer and hold through expiration in the money. Also, I think I think all, if you yeah, have sorry. enough money in your account or margin. Well, otherwise you're fucked. So why would you Yeah, why would you hold on to it? Yeah, why would you hold on? <laughs> why would you do that in But first? like in my case, if I no. held on to this contract for Netflix, like I don't have enough money in my account to buy a hundred Netflix call a hundred Netflix uh yeah. shares at three seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. You're right. Well, it's all leverage. Sorry, I'm just playing. We I'm, just I'm, had a class walk in. Um What? Yeah, from some university. Nick Robinson asked me if I could help entertain them. Oh shit! There's there's kid there's actual kids here. How well, they're, they're like university kids. Well, whatever. Kids a kid. They're, so they're like your age, right? Yeah. Oh shit! This is about to so get, how, this, how, this is about to get weird. How do everyone. I entertain them? Should I go prank them? Should we invite them to come on the show? <laughs> this is about to get weird, man. Okay. Oh, uh, Devo, let me let me all right. Let me clear that up real quick. I did not mean you'll pick up options trading quickly and be successful at it. I meant, like, this is how I learned. Like, I watched YouTube videos. I talked to people. I learned. But it wasn't until I actually started buying calls and buying puts that I started to understand it. And in doing so, you start to, like, intuitively understand things like Theta Decay and Vega and things. Like, you don't even need to know the Greeks. You can just know that, okay, this is losing value because it's not moving in my direct or it's it's not moving quick enough in times to can i'm just saying that you'll be able to understand it more not necessarily that you'll be good at it um and there will always be more to learn like i could talk to nick shaheen for three hours and he could teach me a thousand things that i don't know nick shaheen's probably forgotten more things about options than i've ever learned in my life i'm just saying from a from a, a rudimentary perspective you'll understand um outputs calls work just by doing it and that's like anything like you're gonna learn more by actually doing it so and you can you know, like I, I learned with like a few hundred bucks. Like I, I, I was buying like contracts that were like 50 cents. I, well, let, let me walk the line here. It is easy to understand the basics of options. It is very difficult to actually make money consistently trading options. It is also easy to lose money easily trading quickly trading options. Know that going in. What, what is the stat? Is it 90%? Of options expire worthless, something like, like that. But like as but, in, as in, you buy an option, you buy a put, or you buy a call, ninety percent chance it's going to expire but, but, worthless. But that's but and I I I don't want you to unfairly, you know, say anything negative about options because those Cause, those because they have feelings too. Yeah, those stats are true for for day trading stocks. Those stats are true for 
uh, Forex traders, like 90% of like Forex traders lose money. Brian Blockchain saying 85%. 85%. I bet you the majority okay. of people that have traded crypto over the past year have lost money. It's not uh, it's not something specific to options. It's just options are inherently riskier. So anytime you see like any loss porn, sorry, there are kids in the office. Uh, okay, here's what we're gonna do. When they come over <laughs> here, when they come over here, we're gonna ask them for a hot stock tip. Oh no, we That's gotta do something funnier. Why don't you just get? You should get really mad. Like, like you should act like you're like actually pissed at me about something. Not or like, like we're oh, in like a really should heated I, should argument. I like pretend to yell at Aaron? Like, no, like we're in a really heated argument, like about something like market related. Not like Aaron, you're a shitty worker because oh, be like, this looks like a shitty place to work. I'm saying like we get into a heated like bull versus bear debate. Shit. All right. Or uh, wait, who was the? Uh, should we just recreate the uh, <laughs> Carl Icon? Bill Ackman. Ackman. Yeah, let's pull up the transcript. They wouldn't get that reference. I know, but it's all right. If anyone's got any good ideas. Yeah, we have like, I, I don't know if they're going to come over here because they're on, they on the other side of the room right now. But if they come over here. But yeah, what, my point was anytime you see a big like a screenshot on Robinhood of like someone who's lost $100,000 in a week, it's from trading options. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Um, and, and, and the 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 uh, vice versa is true too. Anytime you see so a screenshot of someone making you know a ridiculous amount of money in a week, it's from options as well. Uh, all right, let me. It's it's been a minute here. I've been distracted by the the basketball, the sports, and the the, the other stuff to look at the market. So, how are we doing out there? Um, pretty. Oh, that's interesting. Pretty split. We're pretty split. One, two, three, four. Four sectors up. The the other seven down. I'll be right back, Spencer. I'm gonna go turn the uh, Ohio State game on. Gonna go turn the sports game on. <laughs> this is this is what I deal with every every single day. Is what I deal with. Um. Okay. Hmm. Good day for tech. Obviously, I'm seeing ARKK up three and a half percent. Good day for Facebook. Luke Jacoby's happy. Good day for Apple, Amazon. Hmm. Utilities lagging. Banks lagging. What else jumps out to us here, guys? Anything? Let's bring on my scanner. You see any big movers in the last few minutes? DD's now up 50% today. Oh my gosh. What what else we have here? Here. Maybe it'd be helpful if I if I bring up my screen. Wait, Holly, are you saying you should buy Burke or we should buy Burke? I don't want to buy Berkshire Hathaway now. First off, I'm I'm already a shareholder, and I, I only bought one share for the sole reason that I wanted to be invited to the uh the the annual conference. Um here. Bring up Burke right now. <gasps> it's red. Berkshire Hathaway can't be red. That's against the rules. That's against the rules. Berkshire Hathaway can't go down. It only goes up. All right, back to the scanner. Um, dude, some of these companies, these Chinese stocks, are like up fintech. TIGR is so beaten down. IQ. Is IQ even still a thing? IQU, whatever it's called. Is this stock still even a thing? Dude, this is ridiculous. Okay, 
screw it. Should we just like close our eyes and just YOLO out of the money? No, no, forget the cost. Should we just YOLO longs and all these dumb Chinese stocks? Come on. There's more upside, theoretically, right? Aaron, no? You don't I mean, agree? DD. Should we go DD's to- now up 53% today. We were. Somewhere- I, I thought DD was going to get delisted. Like, I thought DD was like in more trouble than, than the other ones. I don't know, man. Holy crap. Tencent is in some trouble. I wonder what Tencent's doing today. Oh, up 5%. Yo, Avis is going back down to earth. Okay, see, stocks that make big moves, they will eventually come down to earth. Avis is down 7% today. Good luck to everyone that bought the stock off the open or chased it out into the close yesterday because you're down 7% quickly. What about car lots? Um, L-O-T-Z. So on the Avis thing, on the Avis thing, what's yesterday's close? 274 and we're at 278 all right i would say if you're long avis for a trade your stop is yesterday's close 274 and it's four bucks away from that now give yourself some room i don't fucking know man i'm not not in any of those oh i'm afraid to look at yin how is yin doing the direction bullish etf wow um, by the way, guys, if you missed it on Tuesday, we did our very first uh, sponsored segment with Direction where we talked about leverage ETFs and what happens or how the levers of the ETFs are structured and what happens from day one to day two to day three in terms of how the fund is structured and how that can impact performance. Check it out. It was on Tuesday's um, Tuesday's Benzinger Live, and I'm going to have them uploaded onto a separate playlist as well. Um, so check that out. We're, we're, we're doing that every single Friday starting next week because he was out. He's out today. But uh, we're going to have Dave Mazza from Direction talking to leverage ETFs every single Friday on this show beginning next Friday. So very much looking forward to that. Thank you, Aaron. Brian, not you. Um. Yeah. You know what, though? There's a saying by the urban philosopher Drake, and it's it's you only live once. Okay, right? Is that the motto? I think that's the motto. So I know Tim Quast is preaching. Tim Quast is correct, but rules are meant to be broken. Should we just go buy some DD right now? And, and F it. And even smart guys are wrong once in a while. I mean, look. Uh, Warren Buffett bought Kraft Heinz. So did Spencer Israel. <laughs> well, that doesn't say anything to my point of smart people being oh, wrong. Sometimes. All right, fine. Kidding. Spencer Israel, uh, the first stock I ever bought was Under Armour. Really? Yes. And 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 the reason I bought it is so unbelievably stupid. Can you guys do me a favor, Aaron, Spencer, everyone? Can you guys remind me to use my time, Doctor? I I haven't been, and I I got hit up about it I don't, I don't think the people are very happy about it so i will have you know i told you to do that months ago i know i told okay actually i'd be curious to get everyone's thoughts on this hey how, how do y'all feel so when we went remote in in, in 2020 right because of covid um <laughs> benzinga instituted uh this software it's called time doctor it basically just like tracks your like productivity 
right on your computer um and it does it, it does track what sites you go to and it and it tracks how long you're on those sites so for example if you're on benzinga.com for like an hour it'll say that um and i never really thought about it because i i came back to the office really quickly so i didn't really affect me at all like i, I only worked from home for three months but you still use time doctor on my work computer yeah yeah i don't have but i don't have time doctor on my personal laptop See, I think that's where, because like I, because I have my personal laptop is like my work. Okay, this is my personal and what I use for work, so I don't yeah. have two. But that's not why. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll have a lot of tabs open a lot of times, and like yeah. my computer will literally just like crash anytime I have. All Ten these says Big Brother. It is Big Brothery, but again, I, I have a I have a desktop at the office. Do you think I care that they're tracking? Yeah, my already, activity they could already work. look what we're going on on the on the internet. They could look at our IP. You know, they could look at what we're going on using their the Wi-Fi. I'm not. That's not why I literally. And by the way, for I, I, when I started at Benzinga, I was like getting paid hourly. So I was. That's what I thought. Like Time Doctor was more for like, oh, you're gonna like log hours, and that's what. Yeah. So then I was using it, and then when I switched to not being hourly, I like completely stopped using Time Doctor because I didn't think it was like applicable to to me, and then. Someone posted something in like our everybody Slack, like reminder that everybody should be using Time Doctor, and then I was better about using it for a while, and then I haven't been yes. as great. Well, so anytime I'm in the the work computer here in the blue room, it's on, but on my laptop, it's not. So I just got to be mindful about having it on on my laptop. I never put it on my personal computer, even when I use it for work. But I don't know. I've told some friends about this, and they were really, really. Out, but I also understand to some extent. Oh, I think it's completely normal. It's like normal in the workplace to, uh, Holly, I love you. Short LMT, short limited. I'm short limited too. Um, do I want to look at LMT today? Yes, I do. Is the answer. I don't know. I don't know. <gasps> is it down or down two dollars? <laughs> we need we need a big leg down. Big leg down. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a big uh, ESG short guy. Don't tell that to our one o'clock guest. Why? Because Ver Verity Funds invests in crypto miners that use alternative energy. So like wind powered, solar powered. No, I'm not short ESG. I'm saying I'm short. You, you, you just said. No, I meant like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a, an environmentally like friendly short trader. Like I'm going to short the stocks that are the bad for the environment or bad oh, for oh, humanity. Oh, 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 oh. Like, so like Lockheed Martin, I'm short. Hold out a million. Wait. Hold out a million people are shorting it. I don't know if that's good or bad for me. Wait. Short's got to cover at some point if the stock doesn't go down. Short's gonna. Short's gonna short. Hold on. Tim Quast just emailed me and you actually, but you didn't respond. I'm responding right now. Um, He's supposed I, to come on in two minutes. I, I know. I'm gonna send him the link. Oh, to, awesome. Because you didn't do it. Um, I. Oh, this is a good day too because I we didn't even talk about why today is is uh, a special day. It's Optimus expiration, right? It's 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 uh, the quad witch. So there's going to be some fireworks at the close, and there's also a index rebalance. If you're watching pre market prep this morning, you saw the list of stocks that are going to have some net 
some forced buying or selling pressure at the close. And because I like you guys too, I'm going to drop the link in the chat. Um, this is courtesy of a guy, Mark Lehman, on, on Twitter. Uh, great From follow. the Lehman Brothers. No? <laughs> From the Lehman Brothers. They're a great band, by the way. Their, their, se their second album was better than their first. I'm not hip. Um, I'm a Lehman Brothers band. Yeah. Are you being serious? There's a band called Lehman no, Brothers? No, there should be, though. Uh, um, yeah, we need more like financial, deep cut joke band names. Dude, the Lehman Brothers is a great band name. 100%. Oh, damn. I just saw a tweet about, like, another great band. I need to start screenshotting, like, not even every tweet that I, like, really like, but that just that I acknowledge, because then I'll always, like, think about them, and I'll never be able to find them. But someone tweeted a really good band name the other day. Oh, Aaron Kraft hits the ball. Okay, I, um, Aaron Bryan, give me 15 seconds. I'm going to drop the link to Tuesday's segment with direction into the chat. I haven't gotten the chance to clip it out yet. I'm going to drop it in. Um... Right now. I'm oh, gonna, Zen Bullish. Talking about Limited's got problems with their airplanes. What? Is that, is that, is that, is that new? I don't know. He said Limited, uh, the F-35A Lightnings 2, having software problems. Okay, this is the link to the direction segment that I mentioned um, on Friday. I just dropped in the chat. That Twitter link that I mentioned is a link to a list of stocks, like I said, that are in the NASDAQ and the S&P um, 500 indexes, respectively. And once a quarter, those indexes rebalance, right? So the NASDAQ 100, the S&P 500, massive indexes um, that are market cap weighted, right? So their weighting is determined by the market cap of the stocks. And obviously, over the course of a quarter, things change. Stocks go up, they go down, they go sideways. And once a quarter, NASDAQ and S&P will rebalance the weightings. So that rebalancing is going to happen today at the close. Therefore, all of the funds, all the ETFs, all the mutual funds that, that have to track, that have it in their rules and their mandates, that have to track the S&P and the NASDAQ 100 to a T in terms of their holdings and their weightings, they will have to mimic whatever the S&P and NASDAQ committees rebalance today. So I just dropped a link in the chat to a Twitter account. Just scroll down on the Twitter account. Uh, to yesterday, and he posted a link of um, stocks that have forced buying and forced selling at the close. It doesn't mean that those stocks have to go up. Like, for example, AMD has um, uh, an expected inflows today of around 8.6 uh, million shares. It doesn't seem like a lot at all. I also, like, on this subject... I actually got to talk to him again to get like the exact uh, the exact thing that's going on. But I was talking to my buddy who works at a at a big investment bank. I won't oh, yeah. say which one. Um, yeah, the oil guy, right? No, that's someone else. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, but he was saying that his when they're like we're doing their like balance sheets or rebalancing or whatever, they were getting ready to report like a pretty substantial loss for this quarter. Which means if that's standard, like across financial institutions, it wouldn't be reflected in the next mm. earnings report, but the one following that. Wait, wait, but I, wait you said this for a bank? Yes. The but pro the problem, you can't, you can't extrapolate that. Really? No, because banks are so, it's whatever's in their loan portfolio. They have different exposures. Yeah, yeah, like they yeah, might, yeah. Like this bank might have exposure. But I think part of it was because. Was it, was it Russia? Yeah, well. Was I, it really? I, I have no clue. 
I gotta, talk, I gotta talk to him more about it. He like mentioned it offhandedly, saying like, "Yeah, like we're about to report like some pretty substantial losses like this next quarter or something." But I don't even think like the bank he works for is public. Oh, then what's the point? Because I was just okay, saying, well, t- if, if, if that's like if that's standard across finance, then oh yeah, I I am like fundamentally afraid of investing. Like I would never buy a like a conventional bank stock. Like a Goldman Sachs. You would never buy one? No. Really? I, I would never buy one. I own SoFi, which is not really a bank. <laughs> yeah, it's working out great for you. And it's working out horribly. But that's not really a bank, though. They, they, um, I guess it is a bank. They have a charter, which I guess that means they are a bank. But I would never buy a share of any bank because at the end of the day, you don't really know what their exposure is. You don't. Half the times they don't even know either. I think that's what the financial crisis taught us. We don't really know. Yeah, and that's what that's what I, I think. If if what my buddy is telling me at his bank is standard like across the board, and then like J.P. Morgan reports they got hit this quarter, Goldman Sachs, then like I think like every like I think the whole stock market would kind of look at that and see it as like Barrett, you know, whatever. But then whatever like hopefully like the following quarter they would bounce back but i mean it's interesting yeah like jp morgan you get a good dividend but it's like not that exciting these banks do well in times where the uh you know interest rates are higher and the economy's growing even with higher interest rates um i think stiefel is actually interesting you you say stiefel i say stifel said stiefel joking oh uh, I think Stiefel's interesting. It's uh, I'm looking at it right now. 10 PE. You get a little divvy. Uh, kind of more of like a growth bank play, I would say. Stiefel? Well, it's it's funny you bring them up. So what's the ticker there? SF. Uh, SF. So let's, where's my pro? Let's get my pro up on the screen. Because the, the whole um, investment bank um, uh, or like boutique – Investment firm industry has been very hot. That's so, why I say that's why I see it more growthy because it's like so small, it has it ha, it's in position to right. like grow to take more market share from other investment. Obviously, it's not a growth so, stock. It's not like a growth tech stock. But if you were looking for a bank stock that had the potential to take market share away from others and, and grow, I think Stiefel is one of those. Okay, so I just put two up, but give me more guys. There's Piper Sandler, right? Is that still a thing? I don't or think or, do, so. or do they get a yeah PIPR? You have Jeffries, you have Stiefel, Evercore. No, they got taken. They got taken private, right? Guys, give me more. Blackstone. No, no, like like boutique, like smaller. I don't know. Let's go to Benzinga Pro. Let's look at. Oh, that's Stiefel. oh that that's a that's a better idea. And oh, that's such a good are. idea. You're so smart, Aaron Bree. Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's an amazing idea. Cowan, C O W N. Um, Nomura N M R. Great. Great. Love it. C-O-W-N-N-M-R. Actually, Nomura is pretty big in Japan, but Huge. whatever. Well, they had a, they got uh, fr- fricked in the... Uh... <laughs> you can't care. Oh, B, B. Riley. You've got B. Riley. R-L-R-I-L-Y. Oh, who was really bullish? B. Riley? They just got... Someone, someone on our show came on and was really bullish. B. Riley. Yeah. Oh, I think it was, um, it was your insider guy. Yes, it, it was. It, it was um, 
It was ins- insider uh, insider arbitrage. Asif. Um, Asif Surya. Asif. Um, hold on, hold on. Oh, wait, hold on. But my point in bringing this up though was I thought the daily does not support what I said that the space had been hot. But <laughs> no, no. But I let's zoom out here. You just what ends out? Just change the timeline. Change the time period. You can always find a time period to suit your narrative. Watch me do that right now. Yeah, Nomura, Nomura, how do you say it? No, I don't know. Nomura's fine, I guess. Nomura got hit in the Archegos collapse. They had exposure there. So here, let's just go March. Let's just look at March only. Yeah, well, I mean, look, just mess with the timeline. Look, I found a timeline to fit my narrative. All these things are are green in March. Oh, everything's green in March. But um, B. Riley up 14%. Stiefel up 11%. Jeffries up 8%. Just for reference sake, what's the spy up? Okay. Nomura, Jeffries, Stiefel, Riley, B. Riley have all outperformed spy this month. Something to think about. Can Accord, are they public? Roger, what's the ticket? Let's... I didn't think they were public. UBS too big. That's not what I was talking about. Tesla mooning. I've never heard of South State. What is that, Holly? I don't know that one. I'm kind of partial to Stiefel as well because it's a St. Louis company. Uh, That's neither here nor there. So is Peabody Energy, BTU. So this is why I'm sort of, um, I don't know. Concern is not the right word, but I am so I, I'm on high alert because we talked about having a shopping list, right? We talked about when markets go down, get a shopping list together. You don't, you don't got to buy anything, but at least get a list together. Shopify is on my list. Shopify is at the top of my list. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I told you. I said, if you want it, just get into it. Start a position when it was at like in, in the 500s. <sighs> I don't think it's too late now either. I mean, it depends on your time horizon. Like, if you were looking for, like, a quick, weak swing trade, I'd say maybe wait for a pullback. So, but if you're looking long-term... Let me tell you what I did. This was a $1,700 stock. It's six six seventy. Let me tell you what I did in 2020, okay? Because I had a shopping list in 2022. Sorry, in 2020 also, right? And when shit hit the fan with COVID and everything was crashing and, like, it, there, it, we opened a limit down every single day, right, for, like, a... Or it was like every Monday for three weeks, something like that. It was crazy. That was crazy. Um, I had a shopping list, and I, I had like a come to Jesus moment with myself. Sometime around the middle of it was like the end of April, right? It was like the middle. Of the, it was the the back half of April, twenty twenty, and I said, you know what, Spencer, screw it, just and 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 at that moment, I I made a schedule for myself, and I wrote down, all right. You're going to buy all of these things and you're going to do it. You're going to scale in and you're going to do it every single month until you're done, until you've bought what you've wanted to buy and you've bought the, the amount you've wanted to buy it of. And that's what I did. I bought a little bit in the end of April, the end of May, the end of June, the end of July, and the end of August, I think. And so I completely missed the bottom, but I felt really good about myself when summer was over because I made a plan and I stuck to that plan and I didn't let 
whatever the price action was or that day or that week, shake me out of it. I had the talk with myself in April and I did it. And I felt really accomplished just sticking to that plan. So maybe that's what I should do again is just think, uh, think on this, pray on it, sleep on it, make a plan, dollar cost average into this thing. That's what I did in 2020. And um, that worked for me. September is a bad month. That's true for uh, the overall market. That's not necessarily true for individual stocks, though. Um, um, okay, so on the Shopify thing. Tim Kloss coming on. Yeah, he said he'll be here. All right. Oh, shit. Look my, at my buddy through. Oh, shit. Oh, God. What are. Oh, God. Dude, he bought weekly is expiring today. It's, what is it, what's it down? 7%? God. Your oh, friend. Holly, you're closing. You're closing LMT. Oh shit! I'm so mad. Wait, there. Holly. Holly. Oh. Are we out of? <laughs> are we done with the LMT put? Should I sell mine too? Wait, twenty five per option. What kind of contracts were you trading? Jeez. Zen bullish, man. I can't answer that question. What do you want to do? The number. Do you realize how subjective that is? Uh, bug log. I pulled up CF or CVBF. I looked at it. Uh, haven't. I Wait, CV, CVBF sounds familiar. Zimbush, I'll get back to you in a second. I just haven't had a chance. I'll need. I need longer time. Wait, CVBF. What is that? That, that sounds it's a familiar. Bank. It's a bank. Yeah, but why have I heard of that before? Did they do something? Holly, did you finish up or down on your on your LMT positions? Soul Socks. Shout out Soul Socks. Up seven and a half grand can, on. Can I have that? Yeah. Sorry. Up seven and a half grand this week on Tesla. I'm assuming calls. Soul Socks. What were we talking? What were we talking about in the chat the other day? I was talking to Soul Socks about something in the chat, but I forget what it was. Remind me. Okay. What is my favorite ETF? Mine's Spy or Vu. What is my favorite ETF? God damn. Or the Qs. What is my favorite ETF? Your most favorite ETF. All right. Rather than give you my number one, let me just give you like my like five favorite. VU is in there. VOO. And they're 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 on this. I'm thinking about this off the top of my head right now. VOO is on my list of top ETFs. Um VEU is also on my list of top ETFs, right? It's the it's the international version of the S&P 500. It only owns international stocks. It owns the whole world without the U.S. included. UVXY is on. I'm just kidding. UVXY. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Wait, get Holly, it. you made. Holly said you guys tips are awesome. I hope you didn't buy the limited puts just because I did. But if you made more than me than I did off my own calls, <laughs> then I'm going to be a little mad at you. <laughs> that would be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah, Soul Socks. I forgot too. Be. I was talking to Soul Socks about this. maybe it was something crypto related, right. or 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 uh, semiconductors. Maybe was it about Nvidia? Soul Socks. My, like it was about my Nvidia. other another ETF that I like a lot, but I don't own. I mentioned before though is MSOS. It's gotten killed, but MSOS is, to my knowledge, the only ETF that provides exposure 
to the multi-state operators in the, 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 the multi-state cannabis operators, the cannabis companies that have a footprint in more than one state in the U.S. Because none of those companies are allowed to trade on the NASDAQ or the NYSE. So what, what this ETF does is it actually holds swaps with a bank, and those swaps provide exposure um, to these companies. You, you, you guys know I'm, I mean, I'm bullish cannabis. I've owned cannabis for years. Um, I own the four largest holdings in this ETF. When I bought my cannabis stocks, this ETF didn't exist. If it had, I would have just bought that. So, so wait, Holly, you really got into those Lockheed puts because I was talking about it, and you made 10 times more than I did? QYLD is, um, yeah, I mean, for income, for income, uh, this seems like a really good ETF. What is it? Global NASDAQ 100? It's a cover call ETF. It's an ETF that does a cover call for you. Oh, Holly. Holly, Holly, Holly. What? I'm just happy for her. You know what? I'm happy for her. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Soul Stocks. They talked about the, that on, on the roadmap yesterday. Um, I I did see. I saw it last night. What's XYLD? I assume it's similar. Covered call on the spies or something. Uh, shit. I don't know. What's XYLD? I don't know. Oh, very good. You're so smart. <laughs> You're so smart, Aaron. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, blind trader. You're right. Uh, I should. Well, I, I made that one video. I got to make more of the more ETF videos. Oh yeah, Rohan. Never happened to that. Why? Why haven't I made any more ETF videos in the last six months? <laughs> All right, he's he's looking at me like I'm, like I'm dead to him. <laughs> should go back to making those Rohan, videos. It was a lot Rohan, of fun. Rohan gets the most shit for like shit that doesn't like get finished. We're like, Rohan, why don't we do this? And it's like, oh, it's like on us, like. 99% of the time. Hey, we mentioned the fact that it's an options expiration. That could create some crazy uh, volatility at the close today. Let's talk to Tim Quast from Market Structure Edge. Before we do that, I, I got to put my headphones on. All right. So I can hear what he says. All right. He's here. We're ready. Tim, what's up, man? Hey, good to see you guys. Great to uh, see you. We're, up at, we're back up in Steamboat. I don't know if you can tell behind me there. There's uh, that's snow. There, there kind of yeah yeah. There's uh, uh, oh Spencer. Was, ski uh, season goes goes through March, baby. I'll tell you this: the snow's pretty good. The the uh, the the snowpack the snowpack all the way up from Denver uh, this morning looks good, which makes us very happy because it probably means we'll have a green summer. Uh, which has got nothing to do with options expirations, but uh, it is a source of joy. <laughs> Tim, Tim, you're a skier, right? You, you look like yeah. a skier. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You, I, you, you have that. You what have does that, that mean, Spencer? No, yeah, he just, I, <laughs> He has that vibe. I, 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 we, we also ski, Aaron, you and me. But I don't know. It, it's, it's a vibe. I can't explain it. It's just a vibe. <laughs> I think it's just hey, Tim, time you in say? the saddle. That's all. You know the. The Maybe. more you would, like, you're you look you're a natural behind a mic, Spencer. That's there you get go. Out of here, <laughs> uh, Tim. Would you say you're in a chalet right now? <laughs> I guess you could call our place a chalet, sort of. Yeah, it, I mean it's you know it's wood wood and stone, so it has that. Is that what? That a, let, me, let me let me read the definition of a chalet real I, quick. I, I, I thought it was chalet. It's not oh, chalet. Is that, is that what? Right, oh, chalet. 
Um, and after this, uh, no, we, we, we do want to talk stocks, though, too. No, we just want to talk okay. definitions of, all right, a chalet, a chalet, also called a Swiss chalet, is a type of building or house typical of the Alpine region in Europe. It is made of wood with a heavy, gently sloping roof and wide-supported eaves set right at right angles to the front of the house. Interesting. All right, yeah. there we go. Now we go. Like now your, we, the, we all know. Like European efficiency. Yeah. yeah. Now we all know. All right, Tim. Uh, what are you looking for into the close today? We mentioned the quad witch options mm-hmm. expiration, and I also mentioned the quarterly S and P five hundred Nasdaq one hundred rebalance, which isn't the biggest deal in the world, but it's just one more thing to add to the fire. So, what are you watching for today? Uh, well, it's. It's to me the culmination of one thing and the commencement of another. This is how how we think about it. So it's not that everything occurs today. There will cer- certainly be elevated volumes, no surprise uh, there because of and it, it's simple to understand from a trading standpoint that there are derivatives that have two parties to them plus perhaps a hedge. If one or the other parties hedges, uh, then, then there, that, then, what is a simple addition or subtraction problem becomes a calculus problem, and it's the combination of those three things that elevates volume and makes everyone think, well, why are you know why is the volume so high on quad witching days and index rebalances? That's why. So, uh, but here, I, I, here's what I would look for, and what we have been looking at, the patterns of index rebalances, and I would say it's the it's the least recognized market influencer have been enormous. The, the, the patterns in, in, in index flows into tech are parabolic, meaning they, they have risen uh, stratospherically. It's one of the largest patterns we've ever observed in tech. Wait, hold and on. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. You mean recently or like over the last 10 years? Over the last five days. Over the last huh? five days, yes. Behaviorally, there's a difference between uh, uh, liquidity and volume and behaviors and volume. So even if you don't see it in volumes, if one behavior moves from 20% of the market to 28%, that is a dramatic change in the, con- the, the, the uh, complexion of the marketplace. And this is why the NASDAQ is up 7% uh, this week. It is, it is not because suddenly everybody went, Shazam, the Fed is now given us certainty and whatever's going on in Ukraine, eh, that'll get worked out. And then the, the tech sector soars. Uh, it, that's not the cause. The cause is this, that if tech has gone down 20 to, in, in, you know, half of, over half of tech was down 50%. Yeah. And so if in my portfolio, and these are trillions of dollars, not just the S&P 500 or a, or a triple Q or what have you. Uh, it's, it's all of the money managed by people on behalf of other people that are designed to have exposure, weighted exposure to growth or to value or to low volatility or to momentum. And all of those things need to get square by the end of the quarter. And if I went from 28% tech to 22% tech, let's say, and I'm audited by regulators, and my prospectus says that I have to have 28% exposure to tech, boy, I better get it square. And that is what has been occurring. 
So that's the good news. And it's something that, you know, right. again, people don't appreciate that the, that passive money is a vastly larger force in the markets than is Wait, rational. I, 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 I'm trying to make sense of what you just okay. said. So yep. so if I if I run a passive fund, whatever, and yeah. um, the fund tracks an index, the index is 10 percent technology um, over the course of the of, of this quarter, technology has gone down. Yep. So let's say it's gone from in the index ten percent. Well, I don't know what it's gone to, but uh, whatever, it's gone down to five. It's, it's been cut in half. Yep. I my exposure. I I only have to do what the index does. So theoretically, if the index rebalances to, like, I, I why would there be no net buying in tech? Because you know of the I mean? yes, and that's why that I prefaced it by saying it depends on the the biases that are baked into these portfolios. Nobody wants to go down, you know, wants their portfolio to go down thirty percent. None of my stuff went down thirty percent, even though the tech sector went down thirty percent, and it's because of the use of varying degrees of exposure. But whatever I say, I do in my prospectus. I need to be square with by the end of the quarter. If I'm, it, it doesn't mean that you're automatically yeah. going to be fine. It's it's very much like an IRS audit or a work workers comp audit for 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 people who run businesses. Um, it, you if you're the, the audit determines whether your estimates are correct. And with an index fund, if I say I'm 10% tech, and because I was exposed heavily to Netflix, now I'm only 5% tech then by the end of the quarter, I need to do something to get back to 10% tech exposure. So if, if it's an no, exchange- No, rate, no, no, no. Only, only if the index says needs 10%, it has 10% exposure, right? If you're tracking an index- Whatever my basket is. If, if it's the S&P 500, that could be true. That, you know, so if the S&P 500 is weighted into 11 sectors and those sector weightings change and I'm merely tracking the S&P 500, that's a lesser deal to some degree. However, it all depends on what I put in the prospectus. What is my? What am I trying to achieve in my? And what am I supposed to track? That if I say, "Oh, I'm just tracking the S&P 500," then fine, that might be true. But if I say I'm tracking a growth-weighted version of the S&P 500, and uh, and I'm not doing that, then I'm in trouble. If I have tracking errors, I'm in trouble. If I have, well, you, if you, I'm, yeah. if I'm more than two percent in variance with an, an index, uh, all the people marketing my fund are going to stop marketing it because I don't offer investors what I say I offer. The SEC, the regulators, really frown on that stuff, and so uh, it's very important. And as I said, it's underappreciated, underrecognized, just how significant it is. Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, to what you said before. With regards to doing what you say you're gonna do, right. I guess theoretic, like theoretically, you could deviate from what you say. You just have to. There's gonna be a tracking error there, and that's gonna become known. And that's, but that's a, that's a risk reward decision that anyone, any fund manager can choose to make if they want to. Uh, but I guess the point about the, you know, losing the marketing engine behind it is is, is valid. Um, so okay, this is all a um, bit of a. So what I'm looking for here. This is a bit it, of a. Um, it's weedy. It's a weedy market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a weedy discussion. Let, let, um, let, let's make it. Let's make it more practical. Okay. okay. So you talked about uh, heavy flows into tech. Yep. Go more in on that. What are you talking about? So I'm going to show you two things. 
Um, and, and while I'm doing that, I want to add that it's even more pronounced with exchange-traded funds because exchange-traded funds are offering substitutes. So rather than, even, than tracking a benchmark, they're telling people this thing that we sell you tracks that benchmark. But what mm -hmm. we own below it may or may not. And what I will want as an ETF manager is cheap collateral. They hate the, the, the use of the term collateral. They, they don't like that term, but it's the truth. So I will tell all my authorized participants, Morgan Stanley's of the world, at options expirations and index rebalances this week, I want all the tech you can give me. Give me all the tech you can give me because I'm going to sell S&P 500 shares and derivatives, and I want collateral for it. And the whole market zooms, and people want to have exposure again to equity. So I sell them S&P 500 shares, but I got steeply discounted tech stocks that now have gone up 7%. That is why ETFs are an arbitrage trade. It's one way that ETFs are an arbitrage trade. And all of these things matter, traders, because context matters. You have to, you just have to be aware of what's going on around you. It, one day is not the next. There, there, money ebbs and flows, and it does so on an understandable cadence. And it's not the Fed and war in Ukraine. It is new money comes in, people have required minimum distributions, things have to get rebalanced, months end. That's so, okay. what happens in the market. So, so can, can you can you repeat what you said about earlier, right off the off the jump about the the flows into tech and, and, and what you're seeing? If you could show us, that also be be cool. Yeah. So here's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to zoom this in and I'll explain briefly. We track all kinds. We're data geeks, right? So we track all kinds of data. And the the bar graph on the top tells us in the tech. This is the tech sector in aggregate, which is about call it 500. You know what, Tim? Uh, Wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. Tim. Uh, why don't you stop your screen share and then reshare it? Okay. Because as soon okay. as you screen shared, your your audio went a little bit a little bit janky. Okay. Maybe this is doing it mm. too. I'm gonna hide that. Okay, we're gonna go back. Stop sharing. Okay. So maybe Steamboat doesn't give me enough bandwidth to do both. That, that is interesting. <laughs> Could be. You sound great now. Okay, so the audio is fine now? Okay. Yep. Yeah, so fine. maybe I'll let the packets uh, adjust. So let me. Uh, and we do, we do only have a couple this. minutes anyway. So. Yeah, actually, our, our next okay. guest is, uh, runs, an, runs an active ETF, which is going to be an interesting conversation as well, because that's the whole separate well, at, thing. You should, at, you should always ask uh, ETF guests about the creation and redemption process and uh, how frequently that. internally. They change it. Okay, let's try this again, and we'll, we'll do this very quickly. Still got audio? Do we still have yeah, audio? Yeah, we got you. Okay. All right, All can right. you see this? Yes, you, and you sound better now. Okay, good. Just look at the green bars. The green <laughs> bars right here, as, as those rise above the axis, the zero axis, they tell us that they are increasing as a share of overall volume, and that is passive investment, and it has moved parabolically in tech in fact if wow. i had yesterday this is so ignored, interesting this is so interesting that is what's oh, driving been... the sector that, that's yeah. it there are hedge funds behind it the blue and purple those are hedge funds they're going to pick up on where the flows go because they use prime brokers right and the prime brokers are going to know where the money's going and that is what has caused the nasdaq to go up seven percent this week it's very 
very easy to measure. Now the question is, does that end abruptly today? And then new options trade Monday, no one shows up for them. I'm not predicting that by any stretch, but I'm telling yeah. you that is why the market has surged. That's that's a that's a really good look at things. Tim Quast runs Market Structure Edge. I highly recommend you check it out. MarketStructureEdge.com. Uh, look at uh, where the money is flowing, supply and demand uh, in real time. Uh, Tim, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again on Monday on Pre Market Prep. Enjoy the skiing. Have fun in Steamboat. Market structure, hashtag Market Structure Monday. Thank you. We'll enjoy it. See you Monday. All right. All righty. Uh, our next guest here, a new guest on the show, uh, who we're going to bring on right now, Wes Fulford is the CEO of uh, Verity Funds. And I've already mentioned what what they what the fund invests in, what they do. Uh, it's an actively managed crypto miner ETF. But the rub, there's two rubs, right? One is it's active. That's that's a rub. The second rub is that it only invests in miners that do alternative, that use alternative energy sources. So they're not looking. They're they're trying to do crypto mining in an ESG friendly way. Uh, let's bring Wes on this show right now. And uh, talk about what they invest in. Let's give him which intro should he get? Let's give him this one. West, welcome to Benzinga Live. How are we doing? Thank you. <laughs> uh, was my description accurate? Uh, yeah, for the most part. For the most part. Correct me if whatever I got wrong. No, no, it's 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 great. Okay. I mean, uh, okay. and CEO of Verity Funds, indeed, we are running an actively managed crypto miner ETF. So let's talk about the selection criteria because when when we talk ETFs, there's passive or there's active. When you're passive, you're just tracking an index. But when you're active, you or you and your colleagues or your team, you're selecting the holdings of this fund. So talk about the selection process. What, how do you decide what to invest in? Yeah, indeed. I mean, and this, this comes down to the sort of nascent nature of this sector. It's, I mean, four years ago, it didn't exist. Um, there was a big surge of listings here in Canada where I reside um, in 2000, late 17 and, and 2018. Um, but, you know, for the for the majority, like in comparison to any other sort of um, mature sector, like the, the sector is growing extremely quickly. We saw a ton of new listings in, in 2021. There's more to come in 2022. Um, but, you know, there there's a there's a fundamental lack of understanding amongst investors in the public markets in terms of, uh, you know, how to evaluate these companies, how to evaluate one company versus another when you're looking for a home for your capital. Um, my, my background is sort of traditional financial markets, a former investment banker in 2018, I hung up that hat and uh, joined a private company called BitFarms, took it public in a couple of different markets, which is where I sort of gained my um, market expertise, scaling one of the largest renewable backed crypto mining operations on the planet, um, left a couple of years ago for some more entrepreneurial endeavors, one being Veridi. Um, but, you know, as we look to allocate capital across the ETF, which is an actively managed ETF trading on the NYSE um, under the ticker rigs. We um, really do a deep dive operationally, um, look at the quality, caliber and experience of management teams. There's a lot of operational difficulties that come with scaling these operations, but really, you know, evaluate each entity on a standalone basis, try to bring 
fundamental Buffett style metrics to our portfolio and, and trip, uh, you know, differentiate the winners from the losers. So like what kind of metrics though are we talking about? Largely looking at um, EV as a function of computing capacity, our forecasted metrics on profitability. Um, and, and, you know, when you, when you dissect these operations, really the two biggest operational variables are the, the efficiency of the fleet of hardware you're running in terms of how much computing power it's able to generate relative to the electricity consumed and to the price and cost of power running that hardware. So the single biggest line item in any crypto mining operation is your power spend. Um, but, you know, taking it one step further, looking at relationships and experience of the teams tasked with building and scaling these operations, how they're buying their equipment, what price they're paying for that delivery timelines, whether they're able to stand up the infrastructure required to rack this equipment in a, in a sort of reasonable time frame and in line with the deliveries, all kinds of uh, nuances that go into our sort of technical deep dive on each of our names. So I'm looking at the fund right now. It's got 10% Marathon is your largest holding, followed closely by Core Scientific, C-O-R-Z. You've got Bit Farms in there, Hut 8 Mining, uh, you know, Argo's in there, Riot's in there, CleanSpark, NVIDIA, AMD. A lot of very familiar names. Um, what would make, what would uh, exclude a company from your fund? And we have a general clean energy screen that uh, is applied to all of our holdings, as you sort of alluded to in, in your intro, um, really trying to, to overweight companies operating as good citizens, you know, scaling, scaling businesses with renewable based power. Um, ultimately, there's, you know, a fairly um, negative lens from a public sentiment uh, overlying these businesses and their environmental impact and power consumption. So um, we, we do have a, a renewable based um, spin or lens and focus on the portfolio allocations, but uh, um, really, you know, this sector has emerged at the at the speed of light. Like, you know, the majority of public listings uh, that hit the markets in 2021 weren't operating two years ago. So, um, King and our management teams that have been at this for uh, a number of years, three four years, uh, ideally, that have experience, you know, procuring build out infrastructure. Um, and, and, you know, the, the sort of operational know-how to go out and secure some of those longer lead time components. Cause some of the, some of the major operational difficulties we're seeing right now is being able to stand up that infrastructure in line with hardware deliveries, despite the fact that hardware is taking 12 months plus to go get bulk shipments in, in the current market. Um, as far as the ESG bent is concerned, concerned, you said you, that you you run a screen. What what is, what is that screen? It's a proprietary internal scoring matrix where we sort of case rank every type of fuel powering the you know, electrical generation in the jurisdictions that they operate in. Um, and we, for the crypto miners miners that we hold directly, they've got to pass a internal benchmark, which is basically a scoring of that fuel source tied to the megawatts consumed at site. Most public miners operating multiple sites nowadays and, you know, having to pass um, our internal sort of threshold. I was listening to your conversation on uh, Meb Favors podcast. I think you said that you don't, that carbon offsets would not qualify. You, you, you do not like carbon offsets. Is that right? Um, 
near and dear to my heart and my passion for ESG and 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 carbon these days. But uh, I, I'm not opposed to it. Um, but there's okay. there's a whole sort of matrix of of types of offsets used to um, net zero these mining operations, and you know the emphasis really needs to be on projects that offer additionality. You know the the red plus style projects where guys with guns are in there protecting hectarage from from illegal deforestation um, that that you know there's questionable questionability around um, underwriting assumptions production of those offsets and whether or not indeed the service they're providing is additional like that those types of offsets are certainly not a favor of but you know air capture technology replantation of forest cook stove assets those sort of things without question I think um, you know are are going to be mission critical to to sort of okay. kick the sentiment tied to some of these. I, these I, I guess what I should have said is you you like carbon offsets less than you than you like a a company actually like committing to use solar power or wind power or hydropower or whatever. Solar and wind aren't ideal from a, from a crypto mining operation just okay. because they're not those turbines aren't turning twenty four hours a day and solar cells aren't generating power twenty four okay. hours a day these these mine sure. these machines need to be operating twenty four hours a day to, to generate a reasonable payback on their their significant capex tied to this hardware so but yeah hydro when I was at Bit Farms we scaled one of the largest mining operations on the planet using one hundred percent renewable hydroelectricity in the province of Quebec and you know chasing these renewable um, green alternatives for for power sources, without question, I think should be the focus for for the miners these days. So that was my next question: was which of those which energy source is best? You, and you seem to think it's hydro. I do. Yeah, um, you know, you've seen a, a significant ramp in some of the ops that are utilizing what what used to be flared gas to be to burn and power um, generators and sort of remote installations in some of the oil fields. It's certainly a better alternative than flaring for the atmosphere in terms of you know the CO2 CO2 being produced relative to the you know methane released in the atmosphere. So hydro is near and dear to me, and to you know it's a great source of energy given that you can locate a, a crypto mining operation next to the dam itself, the source of the power generation. It's a better alternative for the power producer because they're not incurring massive transmission losses, moving that power to a different um, location or jurisdiction, and also not having to incur the capex type of those transmission lines. So it's hydro for sure should be front and center um, for for the focus of the scale of these companies. In terms of the construction of your fund of, of rigs, um, how, how do what kind of rules do you have around that in terms of weighting, in terms of rebalancing? Um, how far out are you looking at these companies? All of the above. Yeah, we tend to look at everything on uh, on a twelve to twenty four month basis. Um, given how fast the sector has been emerging, and given the fact that these valuations tend to be tied to the hardware on order, um, we're looking twelve to twenty four months out. What the productive capacity is going to look like? What the what are what are estimates are going to be for um, network cash rate growth and future profitability of these operations. So front and center, you know, this, this is how we approach our allocations within the fund. Um, when you look at some of the rules we have to abide by, we're, we're a publicly listed ETF. SEC um, governs or mandates certain governance tied to that. The treasury rule, with the top five holdings can't be more than 50% of the weighting of the fund. Um, the naming convention, 80% of our assets have to be invested into 
cryptocurrency miners and 80% of those investments in cryptocurrency miners have to be allocated to green energy according to the focus of the fund. So certain certain SEC rules we're having to abide by. We don't necessarily do a do like a monthly or regular rebalance. This is based on how valuations move and and our assumptions around which are likely to be the top performers in the sector. Got it. So in, in your case, as, as I said, Marathon is the largest weighting at almost, I think, almost 10 percent. I mean, it's yeah, around 10 percent, um, followed by Core Scientific, followed by Bitfarms, followed by HUD8. Um, so is there a is there a rebalance schedule or do you just it's it's as you see fit? As we see fit. Yeah. Okay. And our, our, our larger holdings are obviously the groups that we um, would assume will be the outperformers long term based on the hardware they procured, the expansions that they've announced and the experience of management scaling those businesses. And I'm they- obviously overlaying the, the value of those entities relative to some of the other options in the sector. Is there a a, a target uh, number of holdings that you think is ideal? I think you've got 21 holdings right now. Yeah, I think somewhere around 25 to 30 would be ideal. So we're not having to go so heavy into some of the names and have yeah. that individual stock exposure. Um, that being said, like three years ago, there was like less than 10 companies in the public markets between Canada and the U.S., yeah. The sector's emerging very quickly as it continues to expand as some of these transactions that have been announced close and start start trading. We'll continue to diversify the portfolio and and broaden the scope of our allocations. Wait, wait why'd you go into crypto? You you said you know you were in investment banking and you left. Oh, so I guess it's a two part question. One, why'd you go into crypto? Two, why did you launch why did you decide to launch an ETF? Yeah, I even my experience at Bitfarms, I got formerly as an investment banker, I led the financial institutions group, for banking group for a, for a Canadian-based institution. And, uh, you know, this is sort of when I started doing a deep dive from a business development standpoint on new names, you know, active in M&A or coming to the public markets. And back in 2016, there was a lot of activity in blockchain here in Canada, in Toronto in particular. Um I, that's when I sort of first learned about BTC or first did a, a deep dive and and look, the, the value proposition that it offers, especially in the, the current macro economic environment, you know, with stagflation or hyperinflationary environment that we're in, um, these, you know, the need for a sovereign currency not controlled by a central bank and um, that represents store of value properties with a very predictable supply growth and a tangible cost that goes into the production of new Bitcoin through mining rewards and, and in a network maintained by network participants with no central point of failure. Like the, the, this, this made sense five years ago, six years ago when I first got into it. And frankly, I think the case has never been stronger for BTC adoption. What I want to see in 2022 is it really to, to disconnect from broader market sentiment and 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 start to trade on its own sort of merit um and if it does that i think we could be in for a, a pretty you know stellar year in terms of price appreciation don't don't these crypto miners don't their stocks just move with crypto certainly yes there's a strong correlation um i think 
the wonderful thing about cryptocurrency mining is there's actually a very attractive economic business model that underpins it, industrial scale business model. Um, even in times of weak BTC pricing, where there's a, uh, um, you know, a pullback in revenue per terahash, which is that sort of economic metric, how, how much you're getting paid in BTC rewards for every unit of computing power you're, you're donating to the network for a 24-hour basis. I think um, even in times of weak mining economics, revenue per terahash back up two years or a year and a half ago, we saw like eight cents rev per terahash. We're currently sitting at 19. There's still an economic business there where you're running new generation equipment um, powered at economically priced power. You're still able to do 50% um, operating margins, gross mining margins. Um, so assuming you've bought your hardware in a, in a fiduciary, fiduciary responsible manner, not overpaid, um, and delivered that hardware in reasonable timeframes and stood up the infrastructure required to rack that hardware, you know, the paybacks still are incredibly attractive and, and people don't really recognize that. Um, it's not all BTC price movement. It's a function of, you know, uh, transaction fees and network difficulty and, you know, the, the real operators with full control uh, of their facilities, not not running in hosted solutions, like will stand the test of time. So you've got that strong correlation to BTC, but you've also got an economic industrial scale business. And in addition, what's become popular in 2021 is most of these miners are inventorying their production. So you've got a digital asset inventory that's growing on all these balance sheets, also helping to underpin some of the share prices. Uh, last question here. This is from the chat. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure how much you can speak to any individual name, but MD is asking for, he said, what is going on with GREE, G-R-E? This is in your fund. Yeah, I, I would rather stay away from um, specifics about individual holdings, but obviously, a, you know, a new listing came out um, it, in, in a fairly flashy manner um we're we're not in the practice of buying something prior to the completion of that rto or or listing debut one of these things settle um you know their management team definitely has some experience we like what they're doing they've got um um an operation that they're scaling on a renewable basis and um it's, it's a it's a core component of the fund but you know as the sector evolves we'll continue to reevaluate names on an individual basis all right, Wes Fulford is the CEO of Verity Funds. The ticker of their ETF is Rigs. It's on the screen right now. Uh, Wes, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. And uh, looking forward to watching the ETF and seeing uh, how big it can get. Of course. Thanks, guys. All right, have a good one. All right, uh, it is 1.20, which is perfect, because that's exactly the time I told producer Rohan to queue up trivia for. And so I think that happened. I think it is time for our weekly trivia segment here on Benzing Alive. Speaking of that, do we have a uh, trivia bumper? I don't think we do. We, Let's make We one. used to. We used to. I don't know where it is. Did, I can ask Benzing though. Did I delete it? I may have deleted it. I, I cleaned out the whole. Uh, Spencer. I cleaned out the whole thing because we weren't using half this crap. So I, I cleaned it out the other week or the other day. Um, whatever. Okay. The theme for this week is science and math, I think, um, which is going to go horribly. If you don't know trivia, here's what we do. Every single Friday, 
uh, or most Fridays. Sometimes Thursday. Sometimes Thursdays. We, yeah, that's true. Sometimes, usually it's Thursdays. Um, we bring on a trivia. We have a little uh, piece of software we use, and you can play along. Uh, what will happen is we'll bring the trivia up on the screen. Everyone who's watching on YouTube, and you can only play along on YouTube. If you're watching us on on Twitch, on Twitter, or even on Rumble. By the way, we're on Rumble now. Um, you have to go over to YouTube to play along. And you put the number of the answer you think it is in the chat. So if you think it's number one, you put number one. You think it's If you think it's option four, you put option four. And your scores will be recorded. And at the end of the trivia, we will give away some free swag to whoever got the most questions right. So, Producer Rohan, are we ready for trivia? We are ready. The hell? Rohan, I lost We you. lost Rohan. We, we lost yeah. Rohan. Rohan. Okie dokie. Rohan, we lost you, man, but we're, it's starting. We're going. All right. Oh, crap. Here we go. All right. Question number one. Should, should I put some music on? Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Night driving? What's that? Rohan, it froze. What do we do? It froze? <laughs> All right. I'm going to try fixing this, guys. But meanwhile, <laughs> but hopefully it'll Wait. start in a second here. Hey, Rohan, where are you? Yeah. I'm on my laptop at the apartment. You're not even in the office? I'm not. <laughs> Magic, dude. We, okay, so but this hold is on. Something... I'll just, I'll just, I'll restart. So, it so second. as an FYI, we don't have a sight line to our producer because we have a. Oh, it's it's up. It's working. It's, it's working. working. Oh, Pull it back up. It's working. It's working. Uh, oh my god! Stop, Rohan. Oh my. <laughs> you guys are fighting me on this. <laughs> I was touching All right. My hands are up here. First uh, question. What is QL? What XL. is? Oh, sorry, QL. Sorry, I can't read. What is XL? Is it 60, 40, 35, or 15? If you think it's 40, put two. If you think it's 15, put four. If you think it's 60, put one. If you need an easy way to to, to know the answer to this, just think about what, what was Super Bowl oh, XL. No one even got to guess. All right. There was no time to guess on that one. Well, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. bad. All right. That was bad. Okay. The rest no, of the trivia will run smoothly, though. Hopefully. 40. Really? What is L? What is X? I guess 130, one's 10. Yeah. Uh, wait, Enver, do you want to step in here and, and, and reshare? Sorry, guys, that, that that whole thing was mucked up. That's uh, maybe Enver can step in and, and share because we're having some. Because so as I was saying, we don't have a sight line. Oh, now now it's recording it. What the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, I, I don't even know this that... is a sharing thing. It's on the software end because I'm sharing from the office computer. It's not like me remote. Okay, but let's keep going because now we're on number two. But there's no clock. All right, what is the what is the name? That was funny, Jay. What is the name of the lowest layer of the Earth's atmosphere? Is it the troposphere, the stratosphere, the mesosphere, or the exosphere? Um, what the? I'm guessing four here, just because exo, like that prefix, makes me think the outer layer. But that sounds too easy to be. Okay, sure. okay. All right, Enver says our producer Enver says it's not working. So let's stop the share, and let's restart. Okay, because producer Enver is the one that makes this, and he says it is all. All right, I, I stopped the game. You stopped so, the game. Can we can we restart the game though? Um. So is Enver doing that or am I? En Enver, that? you want to? Enver, you want to hop in? 
Why don't you hop in here with us and dance? Andrew worked really hard uh, on in this. In the meantime, I'll give you guys a trivia question. Yeah. Let me think of one real quick. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Enver is here. Sweet. Enver never this comes on This might be Enver's debut on Benzinga this is gonna This is definitely his debut. <laughs> Just give me a second, guys, please. All right. They shouldn't think long. Wait, yeah, wait, what, what was your trivia question, Aaron? Uh, hold on, I'm going to find one real quick. You just said you had one. You I lied. had one, and then I, I lost it. I was going to ask who the last out of the 2006 World Series was. Let me guess. Don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> 2006. Who hit the ball? The Cardinals beat the Tigers. Correct. Aren't you impressed that I know that? Yeah, I am. I can, I can name every World Series matchup going back to, uh, I think, the mid-'80s is where I get Really? Is where I get 07. That was the Red Sox that beat the Rockies. Correct. Uh, <laughs> we could play this game all day. Yeah. All right, last out of the of the 06 World Series. Uh, Miguel Cabrera. Nope, Brandon uh, Inge. All right, Enver. Okay, I got ready? my I got my screen ready. Yeah. Okay, let's let's share it. Here we go. Let's start. I'm bringing the music back on. All right. Okay. Forty. Yeah. Nice. Let's go back to that. And bring the music. Should work now. So yeah, I had um, growing up. In my, my in my parents' house, they had uh they had like a magazine basket like in the bathroom, uh -huh. and one of the mag it was like a base we had like a random Baseball America issue, and on the back of it it had every single World Series matchup. And you just memorized. And I just memorized it every time I would go take a shit. I would just memorize it. <laughs> so <laughs> I over 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 last weekend or two weekends ago because I was in Chicago last weekend. I went to the Royals Royal Oak Farmers Market. Yeah. And they had like a book stand there. Yeah. And I bought these like three old baseball books that were each a dollar each. Oh, so nice. like I, I don't know. I haven't opened them yet, but I might. I'll bring them in for you, Spencer. Okay. Th this is take two on trivia for the day. This time Enver's running it because Rohan is nowhere to be found and can't be relied upon because he's not here. Question number one in Roman numerals. What does XL equate to? Is it 60? Hmm. Is it 40? Doubtful. Is it 35 or is it 15? I'm going to guess two. I just have a hunch that it's two. I don't know why. I can't tell you why I think that. I just... You know what? You have like a feeling deep in your gut. Two. It's two. It's 40. Who wrote 240? You don't need to write the answer to the question. Just, just put the number. number. Just put the number of the question. Multiple that, choice. Yeah, it's multiple choice. Either one works, just so you know, guys. Oh, really? Yeah. You can yeah, write the, the, the number or the, the full answer. You never told us that before. Uh, my bad. Yeah, Super Bowl XL, Super Bowl 40 was in Detroit, I believe. Super Bowl four. Oh, oh. That was that was that's a, how you know Roman numerals. That was here. Oh, come on, guys. The, the two of you who got that one wrong. Were you not paying attention before? Oh my god, webcams. How are you back in here? I've blocked you so many times. Ridiculous. This is one fucking bot. Oh my god. This one bot. What is the name of the lowest layer of the Earth's atmosphere? Is it the troposphere, the stratosphere, the mesosphere, or the exosphere? I already forgot this one, honestly. Yeah, I didn't I don't I didn't I don't think I saw the answer. I guessed exosphere last time because the prefix like exo like your exoskeleton is. Your all right, outer. so they're, they're they're all saying one because I yeah I didn't even see the answer so I'm gonna go with one. Um, the troposphere. I I guess I would have guessed the exosphere. Is that what you just said? If I didn't know exosphere, that's what I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... me too, me too. Tropo. So tropo is. I I, wonder, I don't know. I wonder what the order is. I don't know. 
whatever. Someone just posted the order. I think it was JD's. JD's what? <laughs> nice. All right. Um, computing answers. I hope I'm right. XO is the furthest out. Thanks, JD. No, I guessed that last time and it was wrong. So no, no. He said furthest. The lowest one is the travel suit. Oh, oh! I misread the question. So I would have been right. I guess the outer. I was. I thought I was asking what the what the outermost layer is. So that's important to read the question. Gotta read, carefully. man. Gotta read, man. Gotta read the question. All right, right. Question number three. The furthest we've gotten in the hexadecimal system. What number comes after nine? What the? F what is? <laughs> what, what is the hexadecimal system? The letter A. All right. I'm guessing it's not a letter because that's not a number. I think it's. Why wouldn't it be ten? Because I'm gonna guess zero here. Holly, should we change the music? We can change the music if you want. Holly, check out LMT. We're moving lower, baby. Wait, wait, wait. What is? I, I'm guessing four. Holly, I'm still, I'm still holding my LMT puts. All right, let's change the music for Holly because she doesn't like it. This track is called "Feeding the Ducks." This isn't much better. This isn't very lively. Well, let's try it we again. Can, we can do the uh... here. Dance pop. Dance pop. Well, I know, Holly, you're out, but I didn't make 10 racks, so I got to stay in. Wait, so for real? For real? What is the hex? Okay, it's the letter A? Dude, it says what number? It says what number comes after nine. The letter A is not a number. I'm so confused. I've never even heard of this before. All right. You want to read the next question? Yep, I got you. Uh, how much does the average cumulus cloud weigh? So I'm assuming we're talking about mean here. 100 pounds, 10 pounds, 1,000 pounds, or a million pounds? Are, are these U.S. pounds or Canadian? I'm guessing U.S., LBS. We're talking about the metric. Or no, the... Wait. Uh, the, okay. The average cumulus cloud. I'm guessing... I mean, they're pretty big. The clouds are pretty big. Yeah, the, yeah they are from down big. here... Three seems like it's right. We're, we're, we're from down here, but they're pretty high up. Three seems like... It, it, three seems logical. I'm going to turn the music down a little bit. All right. Three... It, it could be three. It could be... I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'm just, just a guess. I have no clue. I'm, it's probably a million. I guessed a thousand. It's not air. It's, a million pounds? It's water. A million pounds? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a million pounds. <laughs> I'm telling you, the clouds are pretty big. They don't look that big because they're pretty far away when we're down here. But if you got up there, they're pretty big. Ooh, all-time NCAA basketball leading scorer, Pete Maravich. Yeah. How many, West. how many sides does a hep I think it's Pete. How many sides does a hepsagon have? Eight, seven, six, or five? Um, Easy. Wait. Easy. It's not eight, and it's not five. So it's either seven or six. And isn't seven hex? Nope. Seven is hept. Yep. Are we sure? Yeah. Oh shit, I did oh, whatever, I guess. A hexagon is six. Okay, so Hept is seven. Oh, wait, I guess I put seven. Whatever. He said I could do that, so. Yeah, Jay Rice, keep the sports trivia coming in the chat. I'll answer all of them. All right, they're all I'll saying. I'll my hands the, up here so you can see they, that There are a few people. Most people are saying it's 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 seven. It is. Uh, a pentagon is five. A hexagon is six. Okay. I, so not all of us know this. Jeez. Octagon. So what's nine? 
Uh, uh, Deca. Oh. That's 10? 12, I think. Like a Dodecacathlon. It was seven. Good job, Deca most of us. All right, I'm holding my hands up here All so right. you guys can see I'm not. We have two que anything. two questions left. All right, what percentage of the cells in your body are bacteria? Oh. Is it one, 90%, two, 68%, three, 2%, or four, 15%? Aaron's is, is 90%. I don't, know about the, I don't know about the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, let's acknowledge the background picture. Very nice job on that. Who has ever. the most NCAA basketball champs? That's a good question. That's Thank NCAA. you, man. I'm waiting. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, NCAA basketball? It's UCLA. Yeah, yeah it's got to be UCLA. Uh, they won like 10 in a row. So I'm going to go with two. Is it too late to guess two? I guess two. They're saying four. All right, now we're getting another hater on the music. You guys, I can't make anyone, anybody happy with the music. All right. Try this. Wait, I don't forget what I, I guess. I guess two. I guess sixty-eight percent. What'd you guess? I guess two as well. Sixty-eight percent. I don't think that's right though. Ninety? No. What? What? Not that's, me. Uh, not me. Uh, at the end, Aesop's. At the end is when the correct answer, the winner will be shown. Last question. What is the only? Oh, good one. What is the only letter of the alphabet that does not appear on the periodic table? Whoa. Well, K's on there. And Q is on there, I think. Well, oh, Z's definitely on there. Let's see. It's either Q or it's J. I'm going J. I can't think what, of any what, what, what could J. Q be? Quartz? Is that on there? Yeah, something like that. I feel like it's got to be J. Yeah. It's got to be four, right? Yeah. I, I hated chemistry, man. Missy Mills in the chat. I hated chemistry so much. Chemistry was so much fun until the math got involved, and then I was like, out. I never really like despised any school subjects. Chem like science and chemistry were probably on my like lower. I was real good at English class, math class. So... Ugh, math was not my forte. Really? It, ooh, it was Jay. Very good, most of us. All right, now the winner is revealed. Let's see who wins this week's trivia. MD. Didn't MD win recently? MD was the only person to get them all right. That means MD definitely cheated is what that means. But it's okay. I can't prove it. So MD, email us at the email address that's on the screen, shows at Benzinga.com. Put trivia in the subject so we know who you are and what and why you're emailing us. Put trivia in there, and then we will send you some Benzinga swag. Whoa, we have some controversy. What was question six? We have some controversy. I don't remember what question six was. That was the cells in your body, your bacteria. Oh. Michael says it was wrong. What percentage of cells... Oh, MD, you can email us anyway. Body are bacteria. Because of their small size, however, microorganisms make up about 1% to 3% of the body masses. Yeah, if we were mostly bacteria, like, how would that make sense? It doesn't make logical sense to me. Don't use logic. Use your emotions. Scientists bust myth that our bodies have more bacteria than human cells. 
I don't know. We'll get to the bottom of this. Any biologists or microbiologists or anything out there? All right. Well, regardless, MD still wins because MD guessed the wrong answer right, apparently. So, MD, send us an email to that, that address on the screen. We will respond to you um, and get you some uh, Benzinga swag. Thanks for playing, everyone. That was trivia. Let's get the tunes out of there because they're distracting. Um, that was fun. Thank you, Enver. Even though one of your questions was incorrect, apparently. Nah, my questions are always right, man. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones that are wrong. The scientists are the ones that are wrong. Yep. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Enver. Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, and he's gone. Just like that, he's gone. We love Enver. Uh, yeah, we were all shafted. That's okay. Ohio State, up I, eight points. I've, oh. I've also never won trivia, and I love trivia, by the way. I've won once. I've never won trivia. Yeah, I got... <laughs> People said I couldn't win or something, so whatever. Whatever. All right. It's 1.37. We know what we have not done today is a crypto update. I've not even looked at the heat map all day. Let's look at the heat map right now. Let's get it up on my screen. And, uh, do a crypto update. By the way, how funny is it that our producer is not even here right now? And neither of us knew that. It is what it is. We live in a remote world now. That's you, true. You can... Uh... You can do do our jobs from anywhere. That's why we have Time Doctor. We're bringing it full circle. All right. How's the heat map doing today? What's up in crypto? Uh, mostly green. Nice. Sheeb uh, down slightly. Cosmos down slightly. Down 1%. Terra down 1%. Everything else is up. Uh, cool. Look at Ethereum. Look at ETH, up 4.8%, three whole percentage points more than Bitcoin. Nice. Bitcoin up only 1.8%. Only. Um, only. Um, how's, our, how's our friend Near Protocol doing? Up 1%. Cool. This is pretty, this is this is cool. I like it. I You know what I, I like? I don't care so much about, like, you know, this end of the heat map. I care about like the left side of the heat map. Oh, Solana f has fallen because the heat map, the size of the squares are determined by your market cap. Solana's fallen. Wait, fall really? I didn't know ETH's market cap was that close to Bitcoin's. Are you sure? Because I don't think Luna, for example, is only like half of Bitcoin's market cap. Maybe That's I'm shit. completely No, maybe wrong. you're right. No, I could be wrong. I have no clue. Uh, oh, it says market th cap. 31. Oh yeah, you're right. You know you're right. It's not even close. I don't, okay. I don't know why I thought that. I well, I think on on the on like the stock market heat map, that's what it is. Yeah, but like you see, Apple is like not the on this square. one because this is uh, uh, Terra's thirty-two uh, billion. Wait, also go back over Bitcoin. Oh, seven hundred eighty-nine thousand million million. Right. Wait, seven hundred eighty-nine thousand million. What does that equate to? Like that's a, that's a, what's that? What's seven trillion? What's that seven? No. Seven trillion. I don't know. Bitcoin market. What's that? Seventy-eight, seventy-eight billion or seven hundred? I don't know. Something like that. Whatever. The point is, all I know is, if you go to Voyager and create an account and use the code Zing when you sign up, they will send you fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin for free. Check it out, Voyager, Zing. Do it. You won't. All right. Didn't we just go over that math is not my forte? Uh, is ApeCoin really still up? I have no clue. I do have a I do have a new announcement. Um, I mentioned 
oh. at the top of the show and I was going through my portfolio talking about the calls that the, the Lockheed play was like my only down play. We are now officially in the green on Lockheed. On my on my puts, not on the stock. The stock is down 1.3%. So I don't know, man. I mean, if we keep seeing uh, flowing into tech the rest of this afternoon, like I would expect these kind of value plays, LMT, CVX, uh, to to not get some to keep moving lower because what where is this money going flowing out of that is going into tech right now? A lot of it was in cash, I'm sure, but a lot of it, I'm sure, these people that um, you know bought Chevron three months ago, you're up 42 percent. If you run a fund and you're up 42 percent on a position you opened three take, months ago, take some gains. Yeah, take some gains. No, 30. I haven't scaled out of LMT. I'm waiting a, a little bit longer. Getting greedy. Have we mentioned the FinTwit conference yet today? I do not believe so. I mentioned it on All Access. If y'all don't know about the FinTwit conference, then you're about to learn about it. Benzinga is co-sponsoring, co-hosting. What would you call that? Co-sponsor? I think co-sponsor is fair. Co-host. We're co-hosting. Um, yeah. The, the global FinTwit conference, May 13th and 14th, where? In the only city that matters, Vegas. So what I'm going to do right now is I just put the uh, setup on the screen. I'm going to put the link in the chat. There's the link to get your ticket to the the global Intuit conference co-hosted by Benzinga and Lofton Capital. Our pal, Jonah Lofton, will be on this show on Monday to talk about it. Um, what I also wanted to say is, A, you should buy a ticket, but B, I can get you a discount code. And that's what I'm looking for right now because you guys are cool and we want to hook you up for watching our show. So give me like a minute here to track down that code because I, 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 it's somewhere around here. I, the problem is, when you're on when you're on a laptop like we are right now, like my main desk, I mean main computer is a desktop, and I've, that's where I have all my my stuff organized. And I I'm on a laptop, and it's it's chaos over here. I have four different works. I have five desktops within the the laptop, and I've got Wait, what like ten. I, you know you can like swipe. I've got five workspaces within this one laptop, and I've got like eight tabs in each workspace. Um, so sounds stressful. Well, I, I don't know where anything is. I have to organize this laptop. So let me give you the, the, the code as soon as I find it. Um, All right, guys. JD's in the chat said he tailed me on the parlay. First leg, Ohio State up 10 points. Looking good right now. Again, if we get Ohio State to win, then all we need is the three remaining picks. That is, let me read this off real quick because I've got a short memory and I already forgot. Miami, Florida over USC. I got to call my little brother before that game because he goes to USC and I bet against USC. So he probably won't be happy about it. But uh, then I got Chattanooga. I'm going to eventually find this guy. Chattanooga against Illinois. That will be a big upset. Chattanooga is plus 280 right now. So it's okay. It, found it. Sorry. <laughs> Took me an hour. All right. Ready? Here's the discount code. Oh, it was, it was already in there. BZ YouTube 20. BZ YouTube 20. They get you 
5% off your ticket. Well, there's actually two things here, right? There's a general conference, and then there's also the extra exclusive, um, what, what, what's the actual term we're calling it? We're calling it the, uh, the, the, the Benzingo Workshop, right? That's like, I think, what we're calling it. There's, a, there's an event within the event, right? Yeah, there's a general mission, and then there's the, the Inner Circle Workshop. That code on the screen, BZUTube20, gets you 20% off both tickets. There's two different tickets if you want the, the GA ticket or you want the workshop ticket, which is uh, just Benzinga. You get 20% off. Do it. Why not? BZUTube20. This conference is going to be ridiculous. May 13th and 14th. At, there, at the Aria, uh, I, I can't promise I will be there, but it is my intention to. Am be I going to be there? I don't know. I don't think they have decided. I don't think the powers that be at Benzinga have decided who will be there. All I know is that the Damn. day after this conference is my birthday, and that in and of itself should be enough of a reason for me to go. Right. Wait. What? Sorry. I don't know. You said right. I'm just going to agree. Sure. Thank you. No problem. Missy Mills, come to Vegas. Come hang with the Benzinga crew and Lupton Capital and many others. May 13th and 14th at the Aria Resort Hotel and Casino and Spa. It's going to be it's going to be nice. You'll Aaron, be there? Aaron Thomas says he'll be there. That's be there? that's a lie. Um I might, I, if if I if Benzinga doesn't Want me to go? I'm just gonna I'm gonna create a fake name and buy a ticket and show up anyway. That would be fun. Can Can I tell you guys a quick uh, Benzinga lore story about Vegas? About Vegas? Yeah. Uh, you, you've heard it. Are you gonna say? You don't even know what I'm gonna they, say. They sold or they spent a lot of money way over. No, no, no. This is yeah. no. This is a different one. Yeah. We Benzinga was like a media a media sponsor of this conference that you may have heard of called the Salt Conference. You guys know that one? Anthony Scaramucci. Mm-hmm. You've heard of him? He uh, he runs this SALT conference, uh, right, where it was hosted by his hedge fund. And it was just basically just a conference for rich people to come and, you know, give, talk about talk about investment themes rich and things. rich things. And we were like a media sponsor, right? And we sent someone to the conference to, like, cover it and also, like, just, like, network, right, on behalf of Benzinga. And he did not go to the we, it was in Vegas. The, sorry, I may, I may have forgotten that point. This conference was in Vegas. We sent him go. He did not go to the conference. Why not? He spent the whole weekend gambling. Uh, did it, well, did he not work at Benzinga after that? Yeah, yeah, he did not work at Benzinga after that. That's pretty cool. We sent someone there to go represent Benzinga, and he didn't even go. He just gambled on our dime. Yeah. I don't think he's watching, but if he is, you know who you are. I won't say his name, but he knows who he is. Sounds like a fun guy. Sounds like a guy I'd have a good time with. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, and I forgot to mention the fact that um, originally, I think at the, at the last second, like, we told him not to go, and he went anyway. Hmm. And he, then he didn't even go to the conference. I was supposed to go to Salt this year. Jason and I were going to go, and we didn't. It was in New York City, though. Have you been to New York? No. See, that to me is wild. I've I, never been to Vegas or New York. Like, having having grown up outside New York City, it, it's wild to me when, when people in America say they've never been to 
New York. But then I hadn't been to Chicago before I moved to Detroit. So yeah, it's it honestly is really weird, and I probably will end up going to New York City at some point. Like, like, well, I definitely will at some point, but probably sometime soon, whether it's for work or or just for fun or something. But I'm I'm kind of worried. I'm really gonna like it. Wait, sorry, are we talking about New York or Vegas? New York. New York, New York is awesome. I know. I'm worried. I'm like really gonna like it and like want to move there. New York is great. And it's so expensive. I love New York. Yeah, but maybe not though. I I don't like. Like I've been to Boston. My mom's from the Northeast. I've been to Boston. Um, what other city? I guess I've never, I, I've never I will been say to Philadelphia. People, people who live in Chicago love to tell you how awesome Chicago is, and I think I agree. Chicago is a pretty cool place. Yeah, I love. Uh, so I, uh, I, it's very common for where I'm from in St. Louis for kids to like move to Chicago after college because you like it's close. You want to stay in the Midwest, but it's also like you're moving to a big city. Um, and everyone just raves about Chicago and yeah. loves it. And I go down there and it's fun. And like St. Louis and Chicago kind of have like a friendly little rivalry. So I said, I was like, if I was from Chicago, I would probably say it's like the coolest city in the world. But I'm not from Chicago, so I'm not going to say that. Can we just acknowledge that every, every, let's acknowledge the fact that every city in the Midwest thinks that they are Chicago's little brother Detroit, Milwaukee. No, Indianapolis, but if you, if, if you went Louis. around, if you went around Chicago and asked people like who their biggest city rival was, I think most people would say St. Louis. I don't, I don't like agree. Cardinals, no. Cardinals. I don't know if I agree with that. And, and by the way, St. Louis, like Detroit, at one point was like way more bustling than it is now. Bustling and bustling. And uh, in like the eighteen or maybe early nineteen hundred, whenever they did like the the big Continental Railroad. Chicago was chosen as like a, a very important spot instead of St. Louis. Like we were both in the running, and once that happened, things kind of switched. Like St. It was, Louis, it was, was all bigger. downhill from there. Yeah, St. Louis was bigger than Chicago at that time, um, and then once that decision was made, where Chicago won the bid for like the big Midwest station for this uh, railroad, wow. then a lot of business like left St. Louis, went to Chicago, and and then just like Detroit, like St. Louis, you know. We were downtrodden for a while. Like a lot, a lot of our industrial um, good work. industry business had left and, and gone. And, and, and like Detroit, we've gone through a lot of uh, revitalization over the past few years. So, All right. We got nine or so minutes left. We'll probably end a couple minutes early because the Mooner Bus guys today are in studio. They're going to hop on after we're done here and talk about crypto. If you have, if you have serious questions about crypto, don't ask Aaron or I just wait like 10 minutes because Logan and Ryan from Mooner Bus are going to hop on and they uh they know a lot more about that stuff than we do my favorite quote of Logan Ross uh, that I'll never forget was the day that he said that Bitcoin was too safe for him he does not own Bitcoin because it's quote too safe he doesn't have it he doesn't own any Bitcoin yeah it's too safe Mm -hmm. All right, Christian Gallagher, good trivia question. Name the three most populated cities in the U.S. New York City, I, L.A. I can do this because I Houston looked it up like Houston two nights ago. I'm going to guess Houston. If it's not Houston, it's probably another city in Texas. Uh, I looked it up a few nights ago. I think Houston's four. All right. L.A. is two. All right, New, New York, York is one. L.A. And I don't then, think Chicago's and three. Then Ch- I think Chicago's three. Really? I, ju- I just looked this up like the other day. I'm pretty sure Houston was four. A, B, would you put... B. I don't know what that means. Would I buy puts on Visa? No. I don't know too much about the credit card industry to know when things are going well. And when it's just a proxy for consumer spending. Chicago is three, really? 
Okay, yeah. well, I know oh, Houston's four. I know. I, uh, I just said that. Uh, well, Christian Gallagher said it, so I believe him. Uh, I think Texas has like three different cities in the top ten. Like San Texas, up there, Dallas is up there. Texas has. I, I, I again, I literally looked this up the other night. Michael Murray, no vaping in the office. <laughs> that, oh, what was I going to say? Texas has. Um, what was the what, what did I count? I think they have like. 14 of the top 50 something like that who texas has like 14 of the top of the top 50 most populated cities yeah so that's what's so crazy is like a suburb of one of the the texas cities will still be in like the top 50 like most populated cities in the country yeah yep it's a i mean it's a big state damn yeah chicago chicago is huge speaking of texas next week we gotta have uh we gotta invite Rohan on the show or Mitch or Michael Murray. Cause the three of them were just in Austin uh for, for three days. They were there for South by Southwest and they were also there to tour a certain E V factory and get some content and do some interviews. I'm not gonna tell you which one it is, unless you already know. I don't know if they've announced it yet. But um we're gonna have some videos out next week about from the, from this trip. It seemed like a lot of fun. They all got to do a test drive, which I'm pretty jealous of. L.A. is pretty cool. I like L.A. I lived in L.A. for a few months. You did? Yeah, I had a summer internship there. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've never... So I, that's a good example. Oh, you've never been to L.A.? I'm from the East Coast. I've never been to L.A. Okay. I have family out there, too, so that played into it. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy. Like, I've, I've gotten... I've, I'm this far in life without ever having been to New York City. But like I said, I'm worried I'll like really like it because they got like the media, you know what I'm saying? Like if you want to be like a, a big time, big J journalist, like you got to be in New York City or D.C. Or D.C. Yep. Uh, I also really like D.C. D.C. is cool. I don't like D.C. I went to college right outside D.C. I don't like D.C. I think it's cool. I, I bet if I lived there, I wouldn't like it as much because it's like, yeah. My, my issue with D.C. is everyone is obsessed with who you work for. Who do you work for? Who do you work for? Yeah, LA is kind of like that too. Like you go to like parties in LA and stuff and people are just like name dropping the like music yeah. artists or yeah. like uh, TV shows they work on. And or what if, if you don't actors. if you don't like politics as I don't, then you I just like no one. I don't work for anyone. I don't work for any of these people. I hate it all. Yeah. I'm convinced that in, in, in a past life, Luke Jacoby, our, our own hot stocks Luke Jacoby was like a, a politician. And if Luke ever leaves Benzinga, it will be for a uh, political strategist job. Really? I, I th that's my theory. I love I love politics. I, I I think Luke's secret dream, if he wasn't at Benzinga, was to be a like a political strategist. Luke loves that stuff. Daryl, I'll definitely let you know if I come to come to New York. L.A. is like a country. Yeah, L.A. is huge. Well, uh, uh, speaking of how big Texas is, I flew. I had a connecting flight in Dallas not too long ago, and we took off. From Dallas, and I like fell asleep and woke up twenty minutes later. We were still flying over Dallas. That's not possible. How's that possible? I don't know. Or, like the, one of the suburbs of Dallas, not like the actual city. Like, yeah. But we were like still like I even asked. I was like, is that still Dallas? And she's like, yeah, technically that's part of the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I'm like, holy shit, this place is big. Kramer plugs BS to rob options. Do you do that too? I'm trying to understand what that means. I don't know. Do what we that plug BS. No, our 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 uh, to rob options. What does that mean? <laughs> our uh, 
Our festival's real. It's not BS. Vegas? That's happening, baby. Shelly, you are way late to trivia. Sorry, you're like a half hour late today. You missed it. Shelly's been playing too many video games and missing the shows, and for that reason, she's no longer our number one fan. Ouch. All right, guys, we got to wrap, all right, because we got Moon or Bus coming up in like a minute here. So please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or training advice. That's one. Number two is do Aaron and I a quick solid. Smash the like. Smash the like and uh, subscribe. And follow me on Twitter, AaronBree5. And uh, hey, if you want to become a, a, a YouTube member, get some custom emojis and emojis of Aaron and myself. I do follow you, back BT Dubs. Do that. Um, yeah, you? Aaron Bryan and Luke gives off Senate vibes so much. We should just yeah, yeah. We, we should just sign Luke up for like a low key like local election. Luke would love it. Luke loves politics and so much. I'll, like what if I just like at, like surreptitiously like ran Luke's campaign? Like, he didn't even know it was happening, but I had this whole campaign about like getting Luke elected to like the local board in Detroit yeah. or something. He would, yeah. I, I, like if he wasn't so good at business, he and and like market stuff, he would he would definitely go into politics for sure. I think. Yeah, I think Luke could do anything. I mean, anything in business, politics. Do you guys know that Luke was uh, salutatorian at in Michigan? I don't know what that means. It's like the one below valedictorian. I think, or, or maybe he was valedictorian. I think he may have been valedictorian. At Michigan? At Nick Furrow's class. Holy shit. Yeah, Luke, Luke's a smart cookie. He's a smart kid. Holy shit. I mean, dude, he's good looking, but I mean, that's that, that's why he's, he's, he's you know, that's why he's the boss. All right, we got to go, guys. Um, smash the like. Subscribe. The stream is ending now. And when it ends, it'll redirect you to Moon or Bust. Moon or Bust is starting at 2 o'clock. So in two minutes from now see you guys on monday watch well, no i'll see you guys for at the close brian blockchain politics and dirty business all all business is dirty business uh that's not true but you know you get i love y'all salut have a great weekend au revoir have a great weekend enjoy the weather smash the like that's that